What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Happy Friday Eve, one and all. I'm Ellis Derek Gunn with you on this July. I can't believe it already. July 21st. Come on, man. Summer's flying by. Derek's favorite time of year. It's gonna be it's gonna be winter before you know it, Gunner. You'll have icicles hanging from your uh, from your earlobes, man. It takes winter forever to get through. And summer <laughs> goes through like this. I mean it it's, does. it's depressing, man. It's way too fast, man. It is and way then, too know, fast. I have a brother who lives in Phoenix and every, during the winter, November, December, January. Hey, it's uh it's a little cold here. It's only 83. And I'm like, when I see you, I'm gonna punch you in your throat. <laughs> but he likes to he likes to get you going anyway, man. Yes, so he does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he, and he I keeps fall you for it every time. I'm like, I know, yeah, because he, he knows that he knows you're gonna walk right into that trap, man, that web, you know, yeah, that he likes to throw your way. So, uh, what's up, everybody? We see you, we see you, Fitness Rebel and Showtime and Anthony and Adam and Christian and Chris. What's up, Chris? What's Mr. up, Pete? Taz? Our man Adam checking in. We appreciate you, one and all. Uh, Barrett, Barrett's on assignment. We're not sure what the assignment what? is. <laughs> that's a it's the fancy way of saying he's off but he i don't know what he's let me get all right if we had to guess with barrett he's he's working on his boat he's fixing a car he is i was watching say, breaking film I, down i would say he's scouring the countryside to find uh the closest white castle or the, that's a good one you know what yeah. i think you you hit the winner there i think you you yeah. are correct yeah. <laughs> um, so we see everybody we see philly we see mr taz showtime brooks uh, late again no but taz he's not here today he's not late no th- this time he is, yeah he is not late that's for sure he's uh barrett's doing his thing man but um so a lot gunner think about it, a lot going on right now because we have um camp is five days away we have philly starting up tomorrow we have um the big news today in philadelphia is the Sixers are going to be opening up a new arena. Now, it's not exactly happening tomorrow, but it's going to be for 2031, 32 oh, is the target. Oh, I know. Geez. Isn't it hard to even wrap your head around that? 20, what's this? This is 22. 22. 2031. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're t- looking eight, look, nine to 10 years down the road. I know. And this has already become a big announcement. 10 years Isn't it prior. Amazing? Yeah. To, it, well, so it's a combination of two things, right? That's how long they have left on the lease at the wells fargo okay and that's how long it's going to take probably to build this thing with with everything that's involved in it man it's a, it's a it's an undertaking to say the least are, are they still talking about building it downtown yeah so what they're talking about so the ad, where it would be and this is this is where it's going to go now this is like it's happening it's no longer speculation but it's going to be 10th and market which they call the fashion district Yes. It's where the gallery used to be yes. for, yes. for for people who maybe not or are familiar. It's the old gallery, which I when I was we would go there when I was a kid. Like we would, right. like I, I would you know I would just hop on SEPTA and I get down with my mom, you know whatever. We would go down there when I was a kid, and then you know it kind of got it, it just kind of all went away. And they they with the pandemic they say they reopened all of that area, right? It kind of just fell fell off. They reopened that area and the pandemic really hit that area hard and hurt it big time. So what they're looking to do is it's going to be called the 76 place. Um, and it's going to be a Sixers arena. Not saying there won't be others like concerts and all that. There's going to be, you know, they're, they're hoping right, right. to have all kinds of stuff. They actually floated that the Flyers may be interested in going there at some point. I don't know if that's going to happen, but anyway. Mm. Um yeah, so that for our friends on the chat who know the Philadelphia area, you know, Strawbridge and Clothier and Lit Brothers and all sure. that for some of the old school folks. But like I remember when I was a kid. Um, so that's where it's going to be. Gunner, are you ready for the cost of this thing? 
Okay. Wait, wait. So now we look. Okay. So I would imagine. Let me see. Today, if they if they're buying this land today, yeah, it would be cheaper. Obviously, if they would buy it four or five years down the road, with the way everything is escalating. So yeah, real estate is insane right now. Yes. So with that look on your face, you're about to wow me. So yeah. I'm going to say, the cost of this arena will it will exceed five hundred million. Oh no! Uh, yes, it will exceed that. You are correct. Yes, you are correct. Okay. But but keep keep going. You're you're what? you're kind of warm, but you're you're not exactly hot. You're warm. Keep going. Seven hundred million. Nine hundred million. Over a billion dollars for this. Yes, one point three billion. <laughs> it's what? basically it's Barrett's salary per year is what this is going to cost. One point three. What Jacob billion? pays ba- uh, Barrett per year? Yeah. No, seriously, it's one point three. One point three. Yeah, one point three. So the address, it's going to be um tenth and market to okay. be exact. But it's going to be, you know, obviously think about the infrastructure. You're building the arena, you're building parking. Um, you're it's gonna be built above the subway system. So think about how Madison Square Garden is. Right, right. So you get you, off the you subway, can, you're you right there. The subway go up and you're you know, right. boom. That's what the I that's what they're saying now. Who knows, you know, how this ends up looking. But you're gonna build it above the subway? Yeah. Yeah. I got I got I got a feeling something's gonna happen. You're gonna have some collapse somewhere. Ugh. They're gonna have to redesign it because the structure um is now deemed too heavy to put above a subway system. I mean yeah. let I me mean, think of it. Think about how old that area is, you know. It is old. So you're gonna have to rebuild a lot of the stuff above the subways, like well, the road I, structure and all that stuff. Right. That's the problem. It's a lot of infrastructure and the you to provide enough par- like car parking, right. you're going to have to take a lot of you know city city block space. So it's going to be big. So it's going to hold eighteen thousand, which is a little bit less than the well- Wells Fargo for basketball it's holds 20, like 20. 20 yeah, plus, yeah, yeah, a little like not not a big right, deal. Right. So it's going to be right around there. The, here's the other one of the other keys to this, and this is what the first thing I thought of when I heard this: Are they going to be asking for public funding? No, it's going to be privately funded by. You know Josh Harris and his crew. That's some so, deep. That's some deep pockets, brother. Oh, there's some. There's about that's that's like right up there with anybody's oh deep goodness. pockets. That yeah, group. yeah, yeah. So that's good. You're not asking for any any you know anybody any city bucks to be kicking in. Um, try to get if there's anything else that that was of note. Privately funded. Uh, the lease is up in 2031. It's going to be called 76 places. I mentioned. Oh, so they're hoping per year. All right, see if you can guess this. Well, let's let's, let's continue with the guessing. Okay. Game. What what do you they're anticipating? Again, this is an approximation. They're hoping that it will generate how much per year? Per year will it make in your in your guess? Okay, let's see. Parking, which will not only just be used for 76ers games, but I'm sure it will concerts. be used for yeah. concerts and other other things. People want to park there and Circus. go walk to different places downtown. Right. Um, it will create jobs. It will create a lot of jobs. Um, how much will it generate annually? Per year. Yeah. Now, now, wait. When you say generate per annually, are you talking about games, concerts? Yeah, combine parking? it all. Throw everything into the stew. What, what per year? What do you think it? Their their hope. This is what their hope is that it will 30, make thirty three million. They're hoping it will generate four hundred million per year. What? How did it justify that? I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of other stuff going on besides the Sixers games. Dude, let me tell you something. To be honest with you, I won't be going downtown to watch a game. It's bad enough trying to get in and out of that downtown as it is. 
Most yeah. of the streets are narrow. You know, I, I'm sorry, but and, and think about when we used to try to get out of games at the Wells Fargo oh. Center, how spacious that was. Ah, right. And that was you know, so brutal. Yeah. And if you didn't leave like in the fourth quarter of games, you were stuck in the parking lot sometimes an hour. I, I know. Trying to so get out. My, here's my biggest concern, right? Number one is traffic flow, just in and out. Think about, you know, Sixers game starts at seven. You're on the tail end of rush hour anyway. Yes. Right. Trying to get there. So that number one, let's be real. Our public transportation in Philadelphia is not great. And I'm yeah. being kind, like yeah. without really yeah. getting into a lot of detail. It's yeah. dangerous and it ain't real good. Okay. No. So that's a concern. Uh, and just the consistency of the trains. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to really have this thing, you know, fine tuned, man, oh, crabbing, where you're getting people in and out of there, or else there's going to be problems. You know, now the, the, the good thing is it, it's walkable to, I'm sure, a lot of restaurants. In addition to the arena, Derek, they're going to be opening up like shops and condos true. and true, you know, all of that. And, and I'm sure restaurants and whatnot. So that'll be not, that would be nice if you just wanted to, Hey, I'm going to go down early and let's go get a bite to eat. And we'll, we'll park and walk to the game and all that. That's great. But you know, and that's where some of that 400 million is coming from. Sure. You know, all that, all that. But I just, I think that would be my biggest concern is I think it's the, the thought of it. Oh, it's so cool. that It's downtown. But traffic and and if you don't have access to public transportation, not everybody does. Like you're out in Delaware, man. That's a pain in the butt for you. Uh, no, it's not because I'm not going. It's not a pain <laughs> for me because <laughs> you won't see you won't see me. You won't see me there. I'm not fighting that traffic in and out of that city. Yeah, you know, um, I think I'm a very patient individual, and I love to drive. And you know, just when we worked at the Wells Fargo Center yeah. for NBC Sports. I live door to door, forty three miles from the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, basically and just a straight shot off of ninety five. You know, exactly, yeah. but you know, a lot of time, and I would drive off hours. You know, like after ten a.m. and of course we get out there after seven p.m. You know, so but there's still there were many times even during off hours you got construct. I mean, ninety five from D- the Delaware State Line all the way up to the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. has been under construction for 25 years and it's still not finished. <laughs> you're right. Number one. Okay. You're, you're not even exaggerating. I'm not. Yes. Yeah, I'm not no, you're right. Yeah. Normally it would take me 45 minutes to go one way. I can't even begin to tell you how many days, hour 15, hour and a half, yeah. hour 40 minutes. And like I said, it didn't bother me because I'm in my car. I'm listening to the radio, listening to music. So right. it made the trip go faster. But yeah. just to go to a game, I don't need the attention. Because you either got to go 95 and then come over to 676, or yeah. you're coming in to, even worse. How about this? Going to Schuylkill, 76, and then getting off. That's a nightmare. 76 is bad oh, enough. 24 7. Yep. Dude, when I was when I was there, okay, when I was there Tuesday uh, at 6 ABC studio for the announcement of our postgame show, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'd leave, I'd leave there. I'd leave there at little after one o'clock. All right. Okay. Now everybody's supposed to be at work. Soon as I get on uh, on, um, on 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 the school go, trying to come back home, it's bumper to bumper. Why mm-hmm. construction? Mm-hmm. It took me, and I kept telling you guys, "Hey, I'm going to join you before this and before right. that." You, you were you were targeting like one thirty or two o'clock. I forget what time. Yeah, something like and that. And I didn't even get on with you guys until two forty-five. Right. And can you can you? I can't imagine game night, work night, and how about the nights when you have a concert. A, and a sporting event. How many right. times do we have to deal with that at the Wells Fargo Center? You'd have a game in the Wells Fargo Center, and then you'd have a Phillies game across the street, or you'd have a concert at the link. 
Yeah. You know, during the summer. So even if you move this thing, that's going to bog down congestion too. People trying to go to a concert, people yeah. trying to go to the Wells Fargo. Now, dude, it's not not going to frustrate me because I'm not going. No, I, I got you, man. I listen. I understand. I'm not. I'm not real excited about it, frankly. I, I like. I like the setup in the sporting complex area. I, I like the way that is. I don't have a problem with the fact. Hey, if I want to go to a restaurant or something, okay, I'll hop in my car and yeah. I'll go to a restaurant. Yeah. Like, no big deal with me. I, I don't. I like the way it's set up there, and I think it's 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 more convenient. I think it's going to be really tough traffic wise, man. I, I do. I don't you think know, it's going to be. What, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, two years now that we've done the uh, show odds on for CBS three. Up until then, I had no idea in that area alone how many high rise apartment buildings there were. You know, because yeah, spring we garden get out area. of our cars. Yeah, Spring Garden area. Now it's that's like, going to be like affected spring also. Fairmount. Yeah, it kind of like borders yeah. the, the, the both those areas. Yeah, and, and that's going to affect that area also. You know, because that's not an easy access area because that's that that stretch has been under construction forever. You know, yeah. so um, now for people who live downtown, it's great. You can walk to a game or you can go walk and have dinner before a game and then go to the game. You know, now walking home, now walking home, I'd walk a little bit faster considering what's going on in Philadelphia <laughs> these days. I'd be walking a lot faster or I'm Ubering home from that game. You know, I'm not or, taking or it's I'm easier not for taking them. With public transit, it, like I'm saying, yeah, I, I get, I get you late night. I'm saying, I'm saying like going, yeah. going there is easier. You know, you can just hop on. It Absolutely, whatever, if you live down there, yeah. yeah but it's, dude, it's I'm, I'm taking Uber home. People. Oh, for yeah. sure. I, I think it's t- it's going to be way tougher for people outside of the city area to maneuver this thing. I, I think it's going to be a challenge. But you knew no, it was coming. I mean, they've you. made no secret. They've made you, we, you and I know this from being down there as much as we did. For people who may not know, our offices. Uh, for Comcast Sports at NBC Sports Philadelphia, we're in the Wells Fargo Center. So Gunner and I were down there forever for a long time. <clears throat> right. We've we've known this for years that they wanted out of there. I mean, they they right, and they're right. not wrong. I mean, they're they're a tenant basically. You know, the, the Flyers own it, own the building exactly. in the Wells Fargo. Exactly. So it was a, when you have the kind of money Josh Harris has, it's only a matter of time. He was just waiting for this lease to time it up with the lease being up before he made his move. It was it was going to happen soon. Well, you know, and taking into consideration, a couple of years ago they wanted to get out, and we all thought they were moving then, and then they took that money and they refurbished the Wells Fargo Center. Right. You know, so so that's you the know, other um, weird thing, isn't that weird, Gunner? The timing of it. You know, they that, just did yeah. all that work there, and then these guys are going to roll. And I know it's not tomorrow; it's twenty thirty one, whatever I said, but still. And who's to say the current ownership is going to own the team by then? Then they get the itch to sell the team by then. That's a great point. And then all of a sudden, all these plans are scrapped because maybe the new owners don't want to move downtown. Good point. I mean, I mean, think about it from a selfish standpoint. And th- I don't think this – the only other city comes to mind is Kansas City, but I don't think there's another city, another sports city in America, where you have all four major teams playing within a two-, three-minute walking distance of each other. I just other. think that's so cool, man. I, I, I think it's too. great. Yeah. The only other one is Kansas City. You have uh, Arrowhead Stadium and a Royal Stadium right across the parking lot from each other. Oh, they're but that close the to each part, other. Okay, I, yeah, I've never yeah. been. I've never been. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. But 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 here you have all four major teams playing right there, and then occasionally Villanova plays at the Wells Fargo Center basketball. You know, and that's and you look at how wide the streets are there compared to how narrow the streets are in the city, and then look at the congestion we had to endure for decades. At the Wells Fargo Center. Where you're, you're sort remember, of away from it, even there, you know? You're away from it. You're 95 yeah. right there. But, dude, I'm telling you something. There are times when it's taking me 30 minutes just to get from the parking lot right across the road to 95. I'll tell, you the, 
I'll tell you the worst. So uh, 2009, I go to, I take my son to game three of the world series. Phillies are playing the Yankees, right? Right. So um, Phillies lost the game. It stunk, but it was fun being in a world series game. Don't get me wrong, but the Phillies lost, which was a bummer. (laughs) That coincided with the very last concert at the, at the spectrum before they tore down the spectrum. Spectrum. Okay. Spectrum. Made it, it made it Xfinity live. So it was Pearl Jam, yeah. right? So Pearl okay. Jam does, does the final concert there. And um, the the Phillies game got delayed a little bit because of weather. And Pearl Jam played forever. To their credit, they gave the people their money's worth, right? Right. But right. both events end at the same time. So I'm trying to get out. I'm parked in the old Spectrum lot, uh, trying to get out of there with Phillies traffic, getting out of a World Series game, and Pearl Jam final concert at the Spectrum ending at the same time. Derek, I, I I swear to you, I, it took me two and a half hours just to get out of the lot of the spectrum. Just get out of the lot. No. Not no. even onto the street. Yes. <laughs> two and a half hours, man. Yes. I mean, I mean yes. my son was asleep in the back seat, but I'm sitting there like, what? Is, this is the I got home at like two in the morning. It was dude, crazy. Uh, dude, um, when, when the Phillies won the World Series in 08, was it 08? Yep. Yeah, 08. 08. Mm-hmm. So I to, I to, I've told the story before. My son and his buddies – they wanted to go to the parade, you know. Now, my, my son is only a casual baseball observer, but they wanted to be a part of the parade. They thought it was going to be cool. Yeah, why not? So, you know, we load, I'd load them up, you know, me being a good dad, load them up, I take them. I said, look, and I'm parking in that big lot next by the Novacare complex. I don't even try to get into the oh, that's where you Park. Okay, you went there. That's a good move. So I parked yeah. there. Okay. So I said, look, uh, I'm going to walk to the office and do something. But, you know, you guys enjoy the parade. No. Um, but, you know, Try to anticipate leaving a little bit sooner so that we can get the heck out of here. Yep. So I'm thinking they're going to try to get on the parade route. Okay. No, they decide to go closer to the stadium so where they it was can finishing. see the players coming in. Where it was finishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the big problem. There were so many people on the airways with their phones. I couldn't even get a call through to them. Every time oh, I called them, it was a busy signal or it wouldn't go through. Mm-hmm. So the parade ends and I'm thinking... I know I'm screwed because the, that parking lot by the Novacare complex was jam packed. All right. Oh yeah, and that's a big so parking finally, lot. But you're right. That's it, huge. It can be huge. Like we parked there for training camp a, a lot yes. of times. Yeah. Yep. But but dude, imagine every spot in that lot was taken because of the Oof. Phillies World Series parade. And then you so and now, there's a lot of buses in there for the employees. Yes. Which takes up a lot of spots too. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And work and the workers. You know the yes. workers and stuff. Um. So my son and his buddies finally get there. And, you know, they only have that one gate you can get out of. Yeah. Took me over two hours, Rob, to move like 30 feet to get out of that gate. <laughs> and people were rude because everybody's thinking the same thing. I want to get out here as soon as possible. Yeah. Yep. You know, people were, people were bumping each other's cars and stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Thank God. I'm always, I'm always planning ahead when it comes to gas. Thank right. God I had a full tank of gas. Yeah, right. Can you imagine if you were on E? Like a quarter tank or something like that? It's pretty funny. Not yeah. 91. The movie Falling Down was written about Rob trying to leave the spectrum that parking lot that night. <laughs> He's not wrong. You talked yeah. about you talking about uh venue stories. My one of my more memorable venue stories was uh I don't know if you were still working there then. Were you still working there when the Grateful Dead played at the Wells Fargo Center? Oh, yes. Oh my god. You talk about the craziest so, scenes in the parking lot ever. It was Grateful dude, Dead concert. You, and it was it was a hot it was a hot summer day. I was there. I know the Remember one you're that? talking about. Yep, okay. I was there. You walk out the front door, and it's a sunny day. The parking yep. lot's already full. Now, the concert's now. We, we get out of there like 
six thirty, seven o'clock. Yeah, Concert wasn't even starting until like eight, eight thirty, something like that. Right. Parking lot was already full. Dude, mm-hmm. every pothead in America was in that parking lot. You walk, you walk out, out and you're hit you're hit with a wave <laughs> of weed. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. And there was a there was a haze float, a smoke floating yes. in the air from one yes. end of the parking lot to the other, yeah. right? It was like contact park- high like you've never Dude. seen or in your life. Yeah. Dude, by the time I got to my car, I had the munchies. I'm just telling you. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> Dude, I walked to my car. Which you were a deadhead by the time you got to your car. You were yeah, a deadhead. Yeah. But still a grateful dead. I was a deadhead. Dude, yeah. there were some zombies in that parking lot. Dude, the whole oh, yeah. parking lot was filled with zombies. Yes. I'm talking about, I'm stepping over people. Now, people were nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're all over friendly. Like, everybody's get... just kind of like, yeah. yeah, man. Everybody's, yeah. Sitting, everybody's sitting on everybody's car, you yep. know. Um, it was almost like it was almost like a minuscule Woodstock. <laughs> you know what? You know what it's like. It, it's sort of like an Eagles tailgate minus the edge. Like they're, you know, people are are they're not like in an Eagles game. It can get it can get kind of ugly sometimes, but like people are. Je- they're pretty charged up. Like the deadheads are just like, Oh man, am I on your yeah. car? Sorry, man. Gnarly like, dudes. Yeah. And it's, it's uh yeah. So there's two crazy scenes. The, the craziest scene tailgate wise is, is the dead. You're hundred percent right. But yeah. the other one is, and I don't know how many you were, you probably didn't have to work a ton of these. Cause it was usually Saturday afternoons, okay. but, okay. but uh, when Kenny Chesney w- w- would play uh, like citizens bank park, Right, right. It would start at like nine in the morning on set because he would play an afternoon concert. It'd be like four o'clock. I don't know what time exactly. Four or five o'clock. It would like, and I would, I'd be like, I remember I was doing a Phillies. I was hosting Phillies pregame, and they played in the afternoon. It was like a one o'clock start, right? So I would get there at like ten in the morning. It was insane. It was insane. Uh-huh. The whole lot is packed with people and. Not some not bad views, if you know what I'm saying. Right, uh, right, right. right. Concert. So I wasn't complaining, but it was it was pretty. It gets pretty nuts down there. That's for was, sure. Was that the concert where Riley Cooper lost his mind? Oh my God, Kenny I, Chesney. Was that the concert? You know what? It, it might have been. It was definitely a country concert. Yep. I, I thought it was it, Kenny Chesney. Uh, I think at, you're right. Over at um, was it the Link or Citizen Bank Park? I think it was at Citizens Bank. That's a good call though, Derek. I think you're yeah, right about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that was when uh, Riley Cooper almost got 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 himself killed by his teammates. So I'm over there. Speaking of that, I'm over there. I was working at that point for CBS three. Uh, um, so I was over there as a reporter at the. I think you were there too, okay. at the Novacare Complex, and we're all standing outside, just waiting for somebody to come out and react. Whether I think it was Chip. Was it Chip at that time? Yeah, it was Chip, right? Chip was the coach. Chip, okay. Um, and Michael Vick was the quarterback, and it was just a, it was insane. It was a, it was a crazy scene, man. And it, to Vick's credit, Vick came out and and re- really from a leadership standpoint, obviously he wasn't happy with what Riley Cooper said, but but did a really good job of like sort of just all right, we'll handle this thing internally. You know, I know mm-hmm. Riley. I'm going to talk. We'll get this. You know, whatever. And he, I got to give him credit. He did a really good job on that um, of what it could have been uh, just, you know, a combustible situation, man. He did a good job. I I, I don't think people understand um, how uncomfortable Chip Kelly put Mike Vick uh, in a a position because after Riley said what he said, Chip wants Vick, the team leader, to be the peacemaker and calm this thing over. Mm -hmm. Where, where, you know, Mike, Mike's boys are thinking, Hey man, 
how you gonna stick up for this dude? You know, right, right, okay, right. And Mike is Mike is like, my, I, my boys are here. I'm trying to protect Riley over here, and right. I'm trying to, you know, we're focused, trying to focus on playing football. Um, that was a very uncomfortable situation for Mike to be in, you know, that Chip Chip put him in. Now, you know, Cooler has prevailed, except a recent practice after that happened when uh, who was the cornerback? It was all about to go sw- go toe to toe with Riley Cooper. Was it Namdi? Was that Namdi? No, um, I don't think it was Namdi. Oh, Bradley Fletcher. Uh, it might have been Brad. Oh no, Carrie Williams. Was it Carrie? Carrie Williams? Williams. Who, That's good call. Carrie Williams. Raven. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was Carrie Williams. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Carrie. Yep. I remember Carrie. You don't want none of this. You don't want none of this. Yeah. But yeah, that was that man. Yeah. They yeah, were Mike. Some... I wish we had talked to Mike about that when we had him on. Because I know you it know... came up. It came up like sort of in passing. But yeah, we we maybe next time we have him on, we'll dive into that a little bit more with him because yeah, he did he did do. do a really good job. I thought like that's something that he may not have been able to handle as well in during his Atlanta years. But I think he was right, a mature right. player at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was man. That was those are the kind of, like they're the kind of things that when as as a reporter, you want content, you want things to be able to talk about, but I got to tell you, man, and I, I, I certainly, I'm not speaking for you on this because obviously right. it, it hits home, but like, right. I, I, it was just such an uncomfortable, unnecessary, I'm like, this is, I hate this kind of stuff. I, it just divides people. It was just, yeah, it was. It, and, and, and I remember when we had access to, um, you know, first of all, kudos to the Eagles organization and to Riley Cooper, the Eagles organization said, okay, you're going to stand out here and take the heat, you know, basically. And they made Riley meet the media, you know, and he met the media more times than not. He did. So, the, so the first time, and you can go back and look at the video. Um, the first time that we had um, access to Riley after this, there's probably about 20 of us, you know, I, they had it right outside the, the door where the players come in and out at the Novacare complex. So Riley comes out and of course there's like a SWAT, you know, SWAT teams uh, swarm on Riley. And it's like everybody initially is a little uncomfortable to ask a question. So I jump in and I ask the question. I said, how do you let that word come out of your mouth when the majority of your teammates are African-American? It's a great question. Plain and simple. Yeah, it's a great question. And and Riley gave a great great answer. You knew he was nervous. But Riley gave a pretty good answer to that question. But, I mean, mean, how do you do do that? You know, in, in, in... Michael Vick here said, you know, to this day, I I don't think Riley Cooper is a racist in any way, shape, or form. He had maybe one too many drinks. And unfortunately, the N-word has become such a prominent part of our society in music and everyday language that there is a misunderstanding in terms of when you should use that word, when you should not use that word, who Who can use that word freely and who cannot use that word freely. Right. And so, you know, Riley, being one of the boys, probably felt that it was okay to say that. And, of course, Riley didn't think somebody would have a camera in his face. Right. And, you know, that was a great learning lesson for a lot of people at that time. Created tension, but it was also a great learning tool. And it opened up a lot of great conversations on a lot of platforms, radio, TV, Mm -hmm. um, about that particular word. Yeah. Um, And, you know, right. But then, but really, what set people off is not only Riley goes through that. All of a sudden, then Chip Kelly gives him a contract extension, like yeah, two year, twenty five million dollar extension. Talk about tone deaf. People Don't. lost their minds. Yeah, you you can't do that. Yeah, you're right. That, you're exactly right. I forgot about that part of it. You're right. Uh, oh yeah, my that, goodness. Jeez, man, they were some weird times, man. All right, so here's what we have coming up today, Derek. So uh, we, that's the the latest on what's going on with the Sixers. Uh, you know, new arena, twenty thirty one. 
Speaking of Sixers, Harden signs his deal, makes it official. We'll get into that. Yep. Philly start back up tomorrow. We'll get into that. John Tortorella is angry about the way the Flyers are being depicted. Like, really? Why? Why? We'll talk about that. Um, we're going to get some under the radar storylines for the Eagles. Okay. There's, we've, we, we're getting close. We've touched on pretty much almost everything, but there's a couple things that I think are not being looked at maybe closely enough, which we'll dive into as we get closer to camp uh, from an Eagle standpoint. We'll continue with our rankings. So we're going to do 11 through 20 today, Derek, of our NFL rankings. Okay. We did one through 10 yesterday. Um, and we could summarize what we did yesterday too for people who may not have got a chance to see it. To see it. Um, a couple other odds and ends. I know you were watching last night. It was slow sports night, obviously, but yeah. you were watching the uh, the replay of this past year's Super Bowl, which was, turned out to be a great game. I mean, right, right. Bengals it was, it was. ran phenomenal, right? Right. But you know, for, we had a stretch there for a long time where there were just so many awful Super Bowls. Do you remember that where none of them were close? Yes. yes. So we we've had a an okay run lately. So we'll get into that. Um, you know, some of the closer Super Bowls. We tried to get to this yesterday, but we had too much going on. Um, yeah. Actors in football movies. Yeah. I yeah. love this. You started digging into this a little bit more today. There's a lot of them. I mean, I. Where, where do you find out what my number and, and I've told you this before, but people like are kind of shocked. On yeah. Yeah. I, I stopped at 12. I said, I'm done. Uh, okay. But when I talk about football movies and sports movies, I've consistently said for years, a movie that came out in the late 70s, early 80s is my all-time favorite football movie. And I'll tell you why when we get to that point. Okay. Um, and it, it was a movie that turned out to be a great learning tool for a lot of us huh? in a lot of ways. It's, it was a comedy. Okay. Uh, but I'll tell you more about it. And every time I see it on, it's not on often. I have it on DVD. So like once a year, I'll play it. Okay. Uh, just to watch it. But I like it. It's a I great like movie. It. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll do that today. Uh, we'll do that. In addition to that, we have a uh, we have a pretty, pretty quality birthday today, which I want to branch off onto something with that. Okay. Something um, strange that happened on this date uh, 33 years ago. Right. Right. Okay. Which we'll get into. So a lot, we got a lot going on today. Hey, you see what's coming across the wires now? Cardinals and Kyler Murray agree on an extension. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah. yeah, let's hit that. So, uh, it, it's, it looking like a, a five year, $230.5 million deal, 160 million guaranteed. Oh my gosh. It gives Murray the Why? second highest paid QB average, which is about 46.1 million in the NFL. I guess he's second behind Rogers, right? Would he be, isn't yeah. Rogers getting in the fifties yeah, now? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? why, why would you, if if I'm looking at Arizona, if I'm if I'm looking at Arizona's financial books and looking at the play of Kyler Murray, right? I think Kyler Murray is an, an exciting player. You know, he puts people in the seats, not just at home but on the road, because they want to see this little pinball bouncing all over the field. But Kyler Murray has not proven to me yet that he is a hundred, a two hundred, what, two hundred thirty. $230 million quarterback. I'm with you, Derek. I, I, I like, don't I, get it. I, don't I think get he it. flashes, and then there's other times yes. where he looks really bad. Yes, like, yes. Boy, this is – man, that's a lot of money. I'm telling you, after Green Bay beat them when they were undefeated last year, Arizona and Kyler Murray, they were never the same team, or he was never the same quarterback. And I, I keep harping on this, and I know people don't think it's a big deal. His body language stinks. And I agree. And he's sort of like – I don't I know if he's a finger pointer, but it feels like he's sort of like – looking at his offensive line or like, it's like, dude, that's not a good way to go, man. 
and he, he does that. If anything, this would be even more motivation. This should be more motivation for Jalen Hurts. Now, if Kyler Murray's getting that kind of money, if Jalen Hurts does what he's supposed to do, then what's Jalen Hurts worth? Because I don't think Kyler Murray is is of the same caliber of, of, of quarterback. I'm not even talking about the Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers. Let's yeah. throw in Lamar Jackson. I agree. Oh, you know who's licking um, his chops? Lamar Jackson is. Oh my goodness, he wants his money. If I'm if 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 I'm Lamar Jackson's agent, I'm calling the Ravens today. Hey, you see what they just did for Kyler Murray out there? Jeez, what are you gonna do for my guy? You ready for the? Okay, so here's the here's the list, Derek, of, of the highest paid. Rodgers is one. Yep. Kyler Murray's now two. Uh, uh, no, that's then great. it's Deshaun Watson, and then it's Mahomes, and then it's Josh Allen. Like something's and I forget Deshaun Watson for a minute with everything else, but Kyler Murray does not belong on the list with that crew. No, no, no. I don't know what Arizona's doing, but I think that's a bad business decision now. Um, And they didn't have to pay him this year, technically. Now, granted, if he went out and lit lit it up this year, it's going to cost them a little bit more. Right. Next year. Now, I'm sure they're thinking we can get him at a cap friendly uh, number right now, because you know what's going to happen. We look at this contract right now on the surface. That contract is not going to be the same in a few years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to then restructure it. Once if Arizona's still a good team in three to four years, they'll find a way to restructure the contract, give Murray more money up front to lessen the cap hit on the back end. Right. So as we look at it right now, that contract's not going to stand. But the fact that Arizona gave him that kind of money, and he to me he's still a prove it quarterback. He has a he has a losing record as a starter. Now I know it's it's unfair to lay it all on one guy. I get that. I'm just saying he has a losing record as a starter, and he's he lost the one playoff game he played in, right? Yep, that's right. That's a lot of money, man, for, Dude, for, for that guy. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But you know what? Like I said, more power to you. You know, if you can make as much as you can while you can. I don't care what you do in life as long as it's legal. Go yeah. out, make all the money you can. Well, so, so kudos, especially yeah. in that sport. When you get when you sacrifice your body the way yeah. that they do, yeah. I, I yeah. don't begr- listen. I don't begrudge in any way, shape, or form anybody making their money. I'm just saying I don't think the guy's worth it. You know, I don't either. But if he goes out, especially the way he plays the game, because eventually somewhere down the line, all that darting and dashing he does, it's going to have an effect on his knees and his ankles. Yeah, and there's going to be an injury somewhere. You know. Yes. Um, you know, whether he's trying to cut back and doesn't see somebody and somebody comes in and gets him on his knee or something, you know, you stepped the wrong way with all these, these turfs nowadays and attending pops, you, you know, you know, God forbid he has one of those injuries like a Leonard Weaver, oh God. Um, you know, where every ligament in your knee is torn up and you never play the game again. Yeah. Well, at least you got 160 million guaranteed. You're not, you're not hurting for money. No, Even I, after taxes, you're going to have over a hundred million dollars. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's interesting. And we get again, we get anything else, we'll we'll pass it along. If there's yeah. anything else happening NFL wise, we'll let you know about that. So don't go anywhere. We'll come back. We'll dive in. We'll kind of, we're going to kind of hit like a a three a three peat here. We're going to do a little Sixers, a little Phillies, a little Flyers. Then we'll do some birds, underrated storylines, and then the NFL rankings, and then NFL uh, football movies. I shouldn't say NFL football movies. We'll do all that. When we get back, he's D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, knowing who to trust with your finances, right? can be scary. You, I don't think any of us fancy themselves as, as finance experts. I know I don't, but I found the right person to work with and the person who I trust with my hard-earned money, and that's Jim Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y of Principal Group. And I've used Jim now for years. And for you, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you got a small business, 
and you need to set up employee benefits, whatever the case may be. Jim can be a resource for you with that as well. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim. I also use him as a sounding board for things I don't quite understand that are going on in the business. And he's great at explaining it to you and telling you what, you know, hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe you might want to think about that. He's awesome. All right, give him a call, 610-996-4751. That's 610-996-4751. Or you can email him at murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com at action news we cherish every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at action news Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. everybody welcome back in sports take on this thursday Derek gunn rob ellis hanging with you hit the like button let's tell a friend appreciate everybody hanging out with us see you all in the chat section everybody streaming everybody listening we do appreciate that for sure tell a friend uh, all right so a couple things gunner let's start with yep. uh, this one james harden 
It becomes official, two-year deal, $33 million in 2023, so the upcoming season will make 33. The player option, it's his option for the next season at 35.6. Yep. So it really is kind of what we thought it was going to be, right? I mean, the initial report was it's going to be about 15,000 less or 15,000, 15 million, <laughs> little difference. Yeah, 15,000, yeah, 15, 15 million, uh, 15 million less than what the opt-in would have been, which was 47. So he gets right. about 33, a little bit, right. you know, whatever, 14. So, you know, all in all, look, to me, this is best case scenario, man, because I, you know how, where I was with this. I thought he was going to opt in at 47. He, Daryl Morey was his guy. He was just going to give him two or three years on top of that at like, you know, 50 ish. I, I, he's betting on himself this year, which yeah, means yeah. he's got to go out there and play, man. So either, you know, he's going to opt in at 35 the following year and not really kill you cap wise, or, you know, or he's playing so great you want to extend him, or he's playing so poorly you let him walk. I think this is the best thing that could have happened to the Sixers. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and you're right. I think he's banking on himself, which means <clears throat> James Harden will be extra motivated uh, for this season. If if we take everything into account, what he has said up to this moment, I, I, I expect to see a more motivated and determined James Harden. Although, when you look at his look at his medals of honor as an NBA player, he's a highly decorated player, um, but he has said that he wants to win a championship more than anything else. He has openly told us that he told management, go out, get what we need to make this team better, and I'll take what's left over. Supposedly is conditioning and working out, you know, better than he has in years. So I'm sure James Harden is thinking, if 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 all the things I hope will fall into place, Next year, I'm back at the negotiating table, whether it's with the 76ers or somebody else, and I'm going to recoup some of that money that I'm, I'm giving up this year. Mm-hmm. He may never recoup all of it, but he'll recoup enough. Let's face it, James Harden, James Harden set for life. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's seriously. made a few bucks. He's all right. Yeah. You know, he's, he's playing with Monopoly money right now. Yeah. But, you know, this is motivation that he, that he wants, you know, and, 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 you know, good good for him. Good for him. And if he goes back to the negotiating table next year and if he gets $50 million, Okay, he did this team a, a big favor by by taking less to let help them get better. So when I when I heard that he had signed, the first thing that came to mind was, so is this it for the 76ers? Is this the team that we're going to be looking at now? Yeah. Are they still going to try to get somebody else? Because as I look at the 76ers team on paper right now, mm-hmm. even with the additions they made, they're not good enough to take down Boston. They're not good enough to take down Milwaukee. And I don't know if they're good enough to take down Miami in, in a seven-game series come playoff time. Yeah. And I keep telling you guys, you know, keep an eye on the Atlanta Hawks. You know, they shocked the 76ers last season. They had a rough go of it this year. Uh, they what, they bowed out in the first round, didn't they, I believe? They bowed out first round this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. they, 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 they dipped out early. Yeah, they so, did. And they, they made some moves. They made yeah. some trades. Yeah. So, so I expect Atlanta – to be that team nobody's talking about until all of a sudden it's April and uh oh Atlanta's sitting right there. Yeah, we overlook them every time we have yeah, this we discussion. Did. Yeah, yeah we you're did. right. Uh, yeah, I, I also look Toronto's not real far away. There there are a couple mm. tweaks here and there. Um so yeah, I wouldn't completely discount them either. Yeah, it's interesting, Derek. I'm I'm with you. Look, my stance is have they gotten better? Yes. 
are they, I mean, maybe they can get out of the second round, but I don't see them getting past right now, at least Miami, Milwaukee, or Boston, just to name three. Are, are they better with Niang and Korkma still there? I think, I, I think Tucker helps him a lot. Not okay. numbers necessarily, but he's going to defend, and he can defend one through five. He knows how to play with Harden, so he's a guy who will set a screen. He'll do yeah. dirty work. Yeah. He's, he doesn't need the ball in his hand. Like, I think right. that's a, there's value. So I think he helps you. I, I think Melton off the bench is a major upgrade from what they had. He can okay. play both guard spots. He can guard both guard spots. He's gonna He can hit a three. I'm saying like it's this isn't like a huge leap, but I think they're better. Mm, good enough. Probably okay. not. Okay, that's why I asked the question. As we sit here right now, are they good enough to take down the two or three teams in the East that we consider the power teams in the East? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Even with the deletion of uh, Tucker from Miami, Miami still has a pretty good nucleus. Yeah, do. You know, and they're a good physical de- defensive team. You know, they're not the best shooting team out there, but they're they're a good physical team that wears a lot of people down. Mm-hmm. You know, and and can the Philadelphia 76ers match that as of right now? I don't know. Yeah. To be honest. No, I don't think I, there's I don't think there's good as Milwaukee when Chris Middleton's healthy. Oh, having I, Middle, Middleton out was so big that was nobody huge. even talks about. I was sure. huge. If Middleton yeah. plays, I don't think Boston beats him in seven games, to be honest. I, I I agree with you. I think Milwaukee's in the championship if Middleton's healthy. I agree. I'm not I, saying they beat Golden State, but I think they're in the yeah, championship. Exactly. I yep. agree. Um, you know, and, and that was a big loss for Milwaukee. When they lost that sharpshooter, that killed them because they didn't have enough depth in terms of shooting to to take down Boston. Yep. Um, but but when Middleton's healthy, that dude is lethal, man. My goodness. And plus him and Giannis have played together for like 10 years. You know, they were both uh, – they, they've been with the Bucks. my goodness, 8, 10 years now. Yeah, it's been a while now. So yeah. it's been a while, you know. Um, but 76ers are better, but – I think they still need that one more piece. I'm with you. And it doesn't have to be a superstar. It just has to be a good, solid player, a a two-way player, a player who can score and a player who can defend. That's what I want to see him get. You know what I would love? And, I again, I don't know. This is just throwing it out there after all the wranglings with the cap and all that. But I would love to see them – if if. If Brooklyn, you know, is able to move Durant and Kyrie moves on, and it's just a fire sale, and they're looking to just shred it and tear it down to, to the studs, right, right? Try and get Seth Curry back. Yeah, he would yeah. just be so perfect for this team. Oh my goodness! In that role of just coming off the screens and your three point bomber. Yes, that was the one that hurts, man. If they had to give him up in that trade, I don't think Brooklyn's going to give him up, and it's a I smart move if they don't. Yeah, um, especially when you consider the state of that team, and and they don't even know what they are, what they are not, because, you know, Kyrie's chirping. Durant supposedly wants out, you know. So they don't even know what they have right now. But I would not let Seth Curry go if I was Brooklyn. I mean, he's not a a big name. He's not a big financial guy, but he's a good quality player. Yep, yep, 100%. So, all right, so – and I'm with you. I I thought maybe because Harden hadn't signed on the dotted line that – Maury was kind of working on something and maybe it got yeah, to the point where yeah. he realized I, I just can't pull it off. So let's right, just make right. this official. So, but that, that I was with you. I'm like, is there something yeah, else? Concern- coming? Yeah. I'm concerned about that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So Phillies are back tomorrow, Derek. They start a three game weekend series with the Cubs. Yep. Um, they sit here right now. They're in that last wild card spot because they hold the tiebreaker with uh, St. Louis. Yep. 
Um, and they go into it after, you know, a heck of a June and July, man, uh, 28 and 14 overall, they're 27 and 14 under Rob Thompson and, you know, looking more and more like they're getting, you know, some reinforcements. Segura appears to be pretty close, potentially as early as August 3rd, somewhere around there. I mean, not that far away. And then the hope is Harper is like mid to late August. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, a couple things. And then the, the trade de- deadline is August 2nd, which is a Tuesday. So that's kind of where things are. They will start off tomorrow with Gibson. Then you get Wheeler on Saturday. Saturday and, yep. Yeah. And then TBA on Sunday, but I would assume it's Nola, but I, who knows? Um, but that's what they're at. They're at right now. Baseball actually gets back at it today. There's a lot. Of t- today oh, yeah. Tonight. oh yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of games. It's usually not until that the Friday, but they, I like that they're back a little bit early, man. And, and you look at this Cubs team, this Cubs team is 22 games under 500. Yeah. Um, and the Phillies, Phillies should come out of the gate and have their way with the Cubs. They should win all three with the Cubs. Great. Because the Cubs are a mess, yep. you know, and who knows by the end of that three game series, they could, they could regain control of that, that uh, third wildcard spot. Yeah, you know, because you know now, now all of a sudden the Giants are creeping back into the picture. I know they're only a half game behind the Phillies and the Cardinals. Gabe Kapler, little Gabe, yeah, he's right there. And, and you know, Miami's five and a half out. Rockies are just now. Here's a shocker: the Rockies are only six and a half game out. They're seven games below sea level, but yeah. they're only six and a half games out. And that's another team. Depending on what day of the week you catch them, they play like world beaters one series. And play like they're they've never played together in next series. That's a, that's an interesting team to watch. Well, that's why Derek, you got to really you got to take at least two out of three here with this bad Cubs team because oh, you get Atlanta God. next. Yeah. Oh, oh, then it's goodness, Braves. Yeah. You get a little bit of a respite in between because it's Pittsburgh, but then it's Atlanta again. So you have five out of your next, you know, whatever 10, 12 games are Atlanta. So they're you know you gotta you gotta take care of business against these bad teams, Cubs and the Pirates. You know, being uh, two of them, that's for sure. That so that's Atlanta kind of series is here. The Atlanta series is here, correct? Yeah, so good, they're on good. a – they have a six-game homestand here uh, starting okay. Friday. Then they, then okay. it's easy travel. It's to Pittsburgh after that. It's not really bad travel, but that's kind of where okay. things are. Then you go down to Atlanta. It's a shorty. It's two games. Um, and then it's four here against Washington. So that's what they have uh, They have coming up. Um, did you see the, uh, the the John Tortorella stuff? you catch yeah, any of this? I don't get this. Uh, yeah, I – like he's he, he's been the coach for five minutes. He takes over a team that was twenty five forty six and eleven last year. That just went through the embarrassment of all the Johnny Goudreau stuff right. last week, where they're unable to sign him. Whatever, you know. And basically, he's 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 off firing here. Like you know, essentially ripping people. Like he's ripping why the people are overreacting. Like I'll give you some of the quotes here. And, and again, this is from uh, NBC Sports. Philadelphia and I think they did a sit down with him but it's from the Jordan Hall story okay yeah, if yeah. you're looking to read the full it, it Jordan does a really nice job covering the Flyers yeah, he does. Yep. Jordan's a good dude he's, he's a good dude too um so he, he says quote you know basically does Tortorella feel like the Flyers could win now with this group I've got to see the players I know you're talking about free agency I know the Chuck's been criticized through the free agent time here um he said this in a phone interview by the way with them yesterday uh, I'm a little pissed off about some of the things uh, said about a couple of our players and Tony D'Angelo, at least some of the things I've read. I haven't read them all. I don't spend my day trying to read and listen. Well, it sounds like actually you do, John. Yeah, anyway, you do, John. Yeah. Um, but everybody's upset about Johnny G. Goudreau we're talking about. That Johnny G wasn't signed. 
any general manager would be interested in a guy like that, and I'm sure Chuck was. But there's sometimes the lay of the land where your contracts are at, where your cap's at, and where your team's at, quite honestly. It, it, is it time to sign a free agent like that? I think we have a little bit of building to do before we get there. And he goes on to talk about – now, this is – first of all, Chuck Fletcher's the one who made the bed where they were unable to sign this guy by signing de- terrible deals and trading for guys anyway. But then he goes on to say regarding Tony D'Angelo. The thing that bothers me about some of the things I've read and people are upset about Tony D'Angelo, he's a hell of a player. Tony D'Angelo has a personality. Is he going to say some and do some stupid stuff? You're damn right he is. But I'd rather have a guy doing stupid stuff than having a choir boy here to just go about your business. You don't win that way. You don't win championships. You don't build a team without personality. Tony's going to bring that. Plus he's a hell of a player. Like, okay. So first of all, let's not act like Tony D'Angelo just kind of sounded off after a bad game and went off, you know, or something like that. Like this is not cute little stuff that Tony D'Angelo has been involved in. Okay. Right. You're talking about racist stuff and yep. homophobic stuff anyway. So like, he's sort of just fluffing that off. Like it's no big deal. So then he goes on to say, you know, just generally kind of where things are. It pisses me off. Some of the things that have been said about those guys, meaning some of the players that they signed this off season, some of those guys, because I think everybody wanted the big splash. Well, we have to wait our turn for that big splash. We'll still have some things to do with our foundation of the team and maybe when the cap. Like, first of all, here's the thing about Tortorell. You haven't been here through this this awful era of hockey that we've suffered through, okay? They had one run in 2010 that was sort of lightning in a bottle. Other than that, it's been bad hockey or, or mediocre at best. You have no right to jump in on this. And don't give me the, I'm not really reading all of it. You're clearly reading it or you wouldn't know any of this, that people are complaining about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't love this hire to begin with. I get why they did it. He's going to make headlines like um, we're giving him headlines right now. We're talking about him and he'll make, he'll make them better, but it's going to be a lot of this kind of nonsense with John Tortorella. This is a joke. See, you are, you are an, an excellent example of a Philadelphia fan. Um, when I, when I listen to what he said, first of all, I agree with him. If you're going to sign a Johnny Gaudreau, it means you're close to winning. You're now signing this guy when you're in a rebuilding process, it defeats the purpose because by the time you resign, he may price himself out of your market. Then you got to yeah. go out and find somebody else. Right. So I get what he's saying there. To me, this could go one or two ways. People are really going to embrace him for his honesty or they're going to turn against him real quick because they're going to say, who are you to snap at me like that? Yeah. You know, about, you know, why we're upset with certain things. I understand him trying to defend his player. Um, but you have a player on your team that has a long track record of negativisms um, and, and being called a racist in a lot of ways. And you can't just deflect that because the evidence has been out there in the past. That's a slow healing process. And right. if you want people to embrace him in general, then he's going to have to completely change his personality. Okay. And then there's still going to be people that are not going to forgive him no matter what. You know, no matter what we do in life, when we make mistakes, sometimes no matter how much we try to rectify these mistakes, you're just not going to be forgiven because you have the people that consider themselves perfect out there in social media. They feel they can attack anyone and everyone, whatever they want and and get on their high horse. So but but you can brush that off like water off a duck's back, you know. So I, I get him trying to defend the organization and his players, but I think you have to be a little bit wiser about how you do it when you state something. Because it's interpreted so many different ways. And nine times out of ten, it's not going to be a good way. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I don't think you signed a Johnny Gaudreau now. You know, as much as people wanted him here, 
you're too far away from being a contender. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're light years away from being close to a Tampa Bay and a, and, and a Colorado. Okay. Yeah. So why would you put Johnny on a team like this when they're not going to go anywhere right now? You yeah, I, mean? I guess if, if that was his point, that's fine. The other stuff, sort of like, I can't believe you're, you're giving Chuck Fletcher criticism. He's done a terrible job here. All the criticism exactly. is warranted. Exactly. That's, I guess that's exactly. more more of my beef and just like, ah, Tony's just, you know, it flies off the handle sometimes. Eh, I think it's a little more. And I'm with you. Like, hey, look, second chances for sure. Yep. But I need to see it. Every, yes, yes. Before I'll buy, like, hey, two, three years from now, if he's been a model citizen, great, I'm yeah, in. Yep. You know, okay, no problem. Like, I understand people grow and learn and whatever, but yeah, I hear. You. I just, I'm just but reading listen, that. Like, it's the timing of it's very strange. Man. Yeah, but see, very now strange. every day with that player, people are saying, okay, I can't wait to see when he screws up next time. Right. People are waiting for him to trip up. Now, like you said, two, three years down the road, if he's still here and he's kept his nose clean, kept his mouth shut. Okay, people will look for something else to complain about and right. critique somebody else about. But this is not a problem that's just going to go away in one month or six months. This is going to be a season-long, closely watched mm-hmm. entity. You know, He's really got to prove himself. And if I'm the Flyers organization, I have sat down and I've had a very lengthy conversation with him on what we expect no, of you sure. when you put on our team, team jersey. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, so uh, let's come back, Derek. Dive into the birds, man. Let, let's talk about underplayed, under the radar storylines here going on with this team. Included, who's returning? Who's the guy taking kicks and punts? Who is who is that person? So we'll get into that. But there's a bunch of other stuff too, uh, in, including a certain running back who his his use has been curious. Uh, yeah. I will just say it that way. We will we will get into that as well. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll keep it rolling here, Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis Barrett off today. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about my good friends at ProAction Restoration. Mike McIntyre and his crew are the absolute best. So here's the deal. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you may own, fire, smoke, mold, any of those things are a real possibility. You hope it doesn't happen. What happens to you, you want to know the right people to get in touch with. And that's ProAction. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. To assist, I know that for a fact because I happen to have an issue on a Saturday at my parents' house. Called them; they were right over. They got the job done. It was clean. It was quick. And it was reasonable, and that's all you can really ask for. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. Again, it could be water, it could be fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. Even if you're not really sure, you can reach out and give them a call, 610-623-3760. That's 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you hanging with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, on this Thursday as we inch closer toward the end of the week. Barrett is off today. He's the gun. I am Rob Ellis. So, <laughs> Derek, we get you get to this point a year um, when you're we're five days away from Eagles training camp. When you get to this this point of the, of the year, and we always keep it real with with the audience. Um, you've You've covered almost every storyline if you uh, if you're doing your job right uh, <laughs> when it comes to uh, to the Eagles this time of year. But one of the things that I, I thought uh, today would be kind of fun for us to kick around is some of the stories that we haven't hit all that hard, right? And I know special teams isn't always the sexiest thing to to look at. And there's a bunch of other stuff that we're going to get into, but. You know, for me, I saw a team last year, and I know kickoffs in the NFL are – there's not the same emphasis because there's a lot of touchbacks with the way the new rules are. You're, you're muted, Gunner, but yeah. So I think – are you muted? Yeah, give, give me give me a sound check. Xander did it to there me again. Um, that so wasn't I, me this time. I know, but 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 I I understand, you know, there's not – it's not as big a deal to have a great kick returner, even though you still get opportunities. But between the kick – return game and the punt return game last year it was terrible it was i mean ball security wasn't great return average wasn't great uh it, it you know it's one of those things where you could just give your offense such a lift if you rip off a 20 yarder where all right, of a sudden right. you're in you're in the opponent's territory as opposed to your own right, right. so uh, and while the team did a lot of good things this offseason derek upgrading certain positions Tell me if I'm wrong. Did they upgrade kick return and punt return at all? I, I, when people have asked me that, the only thing I can say is 
to be determined because I don't see it. I, I really don't. Who, who are you putting back there? And I'm looking at the list of candidates, and unless it's some some undrafted free agent who wows them, um, Greg Ward, no. Yeah. Quez Watkins, no. Jalen Rager, uh-uh, you know. Right. Um, Boston H- Scott has Huntley, done it. Scott, it's just kind of eh. Scott, Scott has done it, and he's yeah. done a decent job. He has quick, he has a quickness about him. Yeah. On a kick returning game, I'm not putting Devonte Smith back there. I'm not. I'm not no. opening up that opportunity for him to get blasted. No, you know, I, coming up there, you know, hundred um, Yeah. You know, COVID. Everybody keeps talking about this kid, COVID. I mean, okay, but I got to see it first. I don't know anything about him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at his college numbers and stuff. I don't know anything about him as a pro player. And it, who knows? You know, Jalen Rager did it in college, didn't he? And look how bad he was at the NFL level. Okay. That's a good so, point. You know, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So I'm yeah. looking, I'm even looking at defensive candidates who could possibly be that guy. I mean, there's no Deion Sanders, obviously, but, um, and I'm looking at every defensive player. There's not one on the defensive side where I would say, hmm, they could possibly be a returner. No. Uh, so I'm like, I have no idea what their plan is. I don't want to see Kenneth Gainwell back. Gainwell did it as well. I don't want to see Kenneth Gainwell back there. I mean, you to me, you got to have a certain burst. You're right. When it comes to kick returning, you don't get as many opportunities as you did. But you do have that rare opportunity. Sometimes kick, teams do kick short for coverage reasons. They feel it's better to kick, kick short and, and possibly pin your team back inside the 25-yard line, which allows an occasional return. Um I don't know, Rob. I mean, I, I'm serious. I, I I don't know who who that guy is. I mean, I I and I see a lot of people in the chat, and I'm I'm not discounting this, but but a lot of it is Britton Britton Covey or maybe Devin Allen. And the only thing I would say to that is, look, Covey was a really good return man in college. I, I'm not sure he's going to be on the team. Um, right, right. And Devin Allen, while no one questions how fast, how athletic this guy is, like no one questions that. He hasn't played football in a long time. Six years off is a long time for many sport. Exactly. So the only thing I would say to that is I'm not telling you no. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. It's definitely a possibility because that position is open for sure. So there's a job to be had. So it could happen. I just wish they had more of an established guy that I felt decent about that you could throw back there is is my biggest complaint. I'm trying to look now. Best kick returners in the NFL – in 2022 and i'm looking at okay they, they bring up punt returners the nfl okay this was this was in a list i'm looking at right now uh nfl's top seven kick returners this was as of october 16th 2021 okay uh so i'm, I'm looking i'm opening this up now to see who who we're looking at here okay so kansas city had tyreek hill <laughs> you ain't gonna get much better than that you know, um, Oakland Raiders had Jalen Richard. Okay. Buffalo, Brandon Tate. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Jakeem Grant. Colts, Qua- uh, Quan Bray. Uh-huh. Seattle Seattle used Tyler Lockett. Not a bad option there. Yeah. Minnesota, Marcus uh, Sherrills. I'm not familiar with that one. But, you know, when you look at these guys, these are guys that have speed. Okay. Um, when I look at the Eagles kick returner, Uh, the, the running back doesn't do it for me. Gainwell is not that guy. He may be sure-handed, but he's not that guy. I need somebody, if he gets that rare opportunity and he sees a ray of light, he has an opportunity. 
let's face it, there aren't any Devin Hester's in the NFL. No, right I mean, yet. look, he de- okay. and he's an exception. He's I'm an exception to the rule. Right. Yeah, the guy was an all-time return. Oh, my dude. goodness. Yeah. But I don't see it, Rob, Rob. I don't see it on the sixth uh, on the Eagles roster right now. Who that guy is right. now? Eventually, it's going to be somebody, obviously. But I don't know who it is. There's nobody who jumps right out of my mouth, and I say that's the guy. It's I, not yeah, right, and that's the thing. You know, again, somebody may establish themselves here in camp, and that and that could very well go a long way. The Eagles are in a weird spot, Derek, because you know we we talked about the wide receiver position yesterday. Yep. You know, if you're going to keep five or six, how many of those guys are going to play special teams? A.J. Brown's not playing special teams. No, Devontae no. Smith's not playing special teams. No. I don't think Zach Pascal is. I, I'd have to go back and look at maybe, right, maybe right. he would. Um, is Quez Watkins playing special teams for you? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. you look at the guys who returned last year uh, for them. It was Scott Gainwell, Rager, Watkins, Ward, High tower, basically. Uh, okay. And and none of those, yeah, right. I'm saying none of them move the needle, right? I mean, okay. none of them get you all that excited. So it's gonna be interesting to see. What yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm more concerned about the punt return game than the kick return game. Uh, well, it's made way more prominent in the game. It is so many touchbacks. Yeah, and and I'm still looking at the roster, going, who's that guy? There's no one guy, you know. Now, right. like I said, maybe Kobe will shock the world and make. Now there are players that make the team just on their special teams props. Sure. Absolutely. No question about it. And Kobe may be that guy, and he was a good return guy in college. But doing it in college in the pro level is night and day different mm-hmm. in terms of how it's schemed, how the lanes open up, how how they block it. Um, can he make that transition? We're gonna find out. Yeah. All right. So the other one is, and then I'll get off special teams. But the other one is, I worry about the punter, man. I don't trust Sippos. I, I don't trust them. I'm sorry. As good as Jake and Jake Elliott was phenomenal last year, but I do not trust the punter. Why not, and, Rob? Why not? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is there doesn't appear to be much competition in camp. Now, that doesn't mean you can't grab somebody up who's on the street. Right. I mean, that's at that position, you can do that. But I thought they would look to upgrade that a little bit more maybe as well. And they didn't really, uh, maybe they're counting on a bounce back from, from Sipos. Who knows? Well, his, his uh, net average was 38.7 last year. His average was 43.9 net average, 38.7. Not, not great. Only had three touchbacks. Not, not great, but, but are they going to give him another chance? Are they going to bring in competition for him? Uh, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. You know, uh, who was the guy that preceded him who was really good? The Australian. Um, um, what was his name? Um, oh, uh, Cam Johnson. Johnson, yeah. Now, see, everybody's comparing him to Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson was great. You know, uh, Sippus, you know, if, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm bringing in competition, you know. Sometimes competition will make you better. You'll either you'll either rise or you'll buckle under the competition. But there's def- they definitely need to, to bring in – and I understand you're not going to waste roster spots, even if it's a 90-man roster. Right. You're not wasting roster spots bringing in three and four punters. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You do that, you know, once the season starts and you have one of those uh, behind-the-door practices that nobody supposedly knows about yet everybody knows your business nowadays. Yeah. Right. You know, you do one of those. You don't bring them into camp. No, agreed. I, I give Sippus a chance to redeem himself, and you have experts that are paid a lot of money on their, on their staff, special teams coordinators, special teams coaches that can look at the situation 
and and determine whether or not we're going to get some of the same thing we had last year or we see an improvement in him. And if they're getting nervous that he's the same guy you had in last year, then you start trickling some of these punters who are looking for jobs. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Now the other one, and you, we were talking about this pre-show and you brought it up was the, the curious case here of, of Boston Scott, because it seems like when he gets opportunities, he makes plays for them. Um, for whatever reason, he kind of, I don't, I don't want to say fell out of favor because that's not really fair, but he sort of disappeared and then reemerged. And, and I thought had a good close to the season for I him. Too. What, I, I, what's the direction they're going there with him? Is this just well, a matter of their try? They don't really love him, but they'll turn to him when things aren't going all that well in other spots. Basically he's a safety valve, you know, and he didn't get on the field until Miles Sanders got hurt. Basically, you know, he didn't have a touch until October 24th against the Raiders. Really? You know, yeah. He didn't have a touch. He, he yeah. got in the game. He got in the game September 27th against Dallas. He, he had, uh, Two catches for two two uh, two catches for five yards. He didn't carry the football until October twenty fourth against the Raiders. He had seven carries for twenty four yards. Hmm. Um, and then after that, he consistently well, had twelve touches, uh, t- twelve carries, ten carries, eleven, six, fifteen, twelve, fourteen. Damn, you know. And he finished averaging four point three yards per carry behind that offensive line, which is not bad. Mm-hmm. And I love his play. The dude's only like five six, but he is a pinball. You can't bring him down. You do not bring him down with initial contact. Yeah. And I don't understand. I understand your drafted game well. You want to give him a run. Miles Sanders was your so-called feature back, although I think Miles will always be a situational back. But you totally alienated him when you consider the previous years before that. Um, he was a go-to guy for you. You know, and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> under Nick Sirianni, he fell out of fell out of grace. Don't know why. Um, but but I, I I'd be surprised if he's not here. I don't see them going out getting again unless some free agent just just shocks them. I don't understand why he would not be here. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. For as small as he is, he's a decent blocker, and when he hits the hole, he can move the pile. You know, um, so he gives you a little bit of everything for a guy his size and stature, uh, and he's durable as well. So I don't understand why. He wouldn't be here in 2022. Uh, here's my question, and, and a few people are asking about Jason Huntley in the in the chat. If you're looking at at it from a depth chart perspective, you got Sanders, you got Gainwell, you got Scott. Are you keeping four? Is Huntley here? Is it somebody else? Do they do they break glass in case of emergency with uh, Jordan Howard that always sort of is kind of floating there in the periphery? Like, how, how do you see the uh, the running back spot shaking out? Well, I think Gainwell, Sanders, and Scotch will be your front three. Huntley, maybe they can put him on put him on a practice squad initially. He can um, play special teams too. He, he can play special teams, yeah. but Boston Scott plays special teams also. You know, right, right, right. Um, so um, I, I like I like Scott better than I like Huntley because of his physicality. You know, we talk about how the Eagles have finesse running backs, but Boston Scott is the more physical, I think, of the three. He's quick. And he has that power behind him. He has that compact power behind him. Mm-hmm. His legs are always churning. He's picking up that extra two and three yards. And as as we look at right now, he's their best option in terms of moving the pile in short yardage situations. So unless they're going to go out and find somebody else off the waiver wires when, when it's all said and done in early September when teams have to get down to your final roster, or unless one of these undrafted free agents, you know, wow you, um, I don't know why Boston Scott would not be with this team. 
I, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm, I think it's a lock that those three are in. Now, Kennedy Brooks is a guy who was an undrafted free agent. He brings some size at least. Maybe that shakes it up a little bit. Uh, maybe like, and again, you know, here the when you sit here before camp, we're sort of projecting, but ultimately there's jobs that are won in camp. We don't, unfortunately, we, there isn't as much access to see it like there used to be. They're not at, like at, at Lehigh anymore or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it is we're just going to have to kind of go off of what we're hearing and what the coaches are seeing because we, quite frankly, we just don't know right now. Um, but I think that's one. Is there any other areas that you look at and you say, a little bit of concern and something we maybe aren't discussing enough that we should be diving into? I'll give you one for me. Okay. How Hassan Reddick is going to be used. That's a good one. Because – you know, he's not your traditional just edge guy and he's going to get after the quarterback, man. And you know what it is. You know, he's just good. He's he's a guy who has to be used the right way. If you look at it, um, Arizona couldn't figure it out, Derek, for a couple of years with him. Then right. finally they did in his last year there and then and then the year that he had in Carolina. Yep. But prior to that, he, he I don't say bust, but he really didn't live up to the hype of where he was taken. No. No. So that's going to be big, how you utilize him. A lot of times it's the system that you're playing in, and obviously what worked for him in Carolina was not working in Arizona. And that really opened the doors for him in terms of um, notoriety and, and financial gain. Um, I want to see them move him around. I don't want him to see him stationary just on one side. I want to see him be that guy that finds that, that, that opening in the picket fence. Um, Coach and, Marcus and, jumping in there, hit with yeah. the hybrid. Yep, sometimes yep. hinder, sometimes outside linebacker. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You know, um, I, I want to see them move him around side to side to find it to find that mismatch to utilize his skill set. Will Gannon do that? Obviously, we don't know, but I think that's how you bet, better utilize his talents. Don't just let him come off of one edge. You know, sometimes you'll see him line up in the middle, sometimes in the opposite side, you know, like a Khalil Mack. You know, they moved Khalil Mack all over the field. Look how effective he was. Um, and I want to see Reddick utilize the same way, you know, blitz him from the inside, blitz him from one edge and then the other edge. Don't let them load up on one side on on Reddick trying to stop him. Um, make him as unpredictable as possible in terms of where he's coming from. And, and I think he will have a tremendous amount of success with this team this year if that is how they utilize him. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, this kind of gets back to a lot of discussions we have regarding trust of Gannon. Yeah. And it, it, there, there's a lot – there's going to be a lot of moving parts on this defense – you know, more than, than some teams incorporate you know, between odd and even fronts, the way in Reddick plays into that, but the, yeah. there, there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to be taught with some new players. I mean, think about this. You're going to be adding Reddick. You're going to be adding Jordan Davis, Bradbury. Uh, you're going to be adding Bradbury. You're going to be adding Kaiser white tart uh, tart. You know, that's, not an easy thing incorporating that many new players, guys who are learning a new system. So yeah. maybe that's something we, we you know, to, to be focused on a little bit too, is just how many different pieces need to be molded into this thing. I'm looking at some of the creative and colorful uh, uh, statements made about Jonathan Gannon. And I am, I am not anti Jonathan Gannon, you know, um, <laughs> But, I like GG. I, like so. I, I love that one. But, you know, like everybody else, I do have my reservations about him. Yeah. Now, we hear that he's this 
next head coach in the National Football League for whatever the reason, because obviously the people that make that statement know a lot more about him than we do because they've worked closely with him, interacted with him. You get a better grasp of him. But I am a little bit leery because we haven't seen it here yet. And obviously we couldn't see it because they were handcuffed last year. Right. So now the anticipation is, all right, you got better talent. You have better talent on both corners now to play more press coverage, more man-to-man coverage. Um, you have better talent in the trenches with the addition of Jordan Davis to go along with young Milton Williams and two pro bowlers and Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. You got Brandon Graham coming back. You got some good speed off the edge in Barnett, mm-hmm. Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Reddick. You know, so you have everything that you need now to be a more unpredictable and in, in, in defense with more success. But I have to see it, you know, and that's not a knock on Gannon. Um, I didn't know anything about him before he got here about his defensive wherewithal. We didn't see a lot of what we wanted to see last year. We are smart enough to realize that you can't go into a gunfight with a cap gun, and that's what he was doing on defense, going into gunfights with a cap gun because he didn't have the personnel. He didn't have the bullets, uh, basically, um, to, to, to aim at an opposition. Well, now that's not an excuse. You can't use that as an excuse unless you have a mass wave of injuries on that side of the ball. That can no longer be an excuse. And so I'm sitting back. You're not going to see it in training camp. You're not going to see uh, preseason games, what his game plan is. So now we have to sit back until mid-September to see some of these things. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Like, I get it. We are accustomed in the city to aggression on that side of the Right, ball. right. So the, the approach last year was one of, Hey, look, I'll give you stuff in front, but I'm not going to let I'm not going to get beat deep here. And this is the way I feel like I have to play this. And I think we all would agree that you had to do that to an extent last year. Um, But there that's gone. Like you need to absolutely get back to with the talent that you have a level of aggression that we've seen in previous years. Look, Jim Johnson wasn't a super aggressive guy. He counted on his front defensive front to get home. Right, and right. that was his philosophy. He was a chains guy in some ways. But I, I need to see more. I believe you're going to see more, but I definitely need to see more out of Gannon. And, you know, it's like Gannon, Hurts, Sirianni, and Steichen. I almost put them in the same category. But, like, there's no excuses anymore. You know, you got enough personnel. Howie gave you enough weapons on both sides. Same thing, you know, Hurts and Hurts, Steichen, and, and Sirianni on the offensive side. Gannon on the defensive side. You got enough weapons now where you should be able to operate at full capacity in any way that you want, rather than, you know, being conservative here or dink and dunk there. We can't quite do that there because we don't have enough players. Uh, There's enough players now. There's no excuses. I I would not be so upset if they played, if their secondary, the corners played off more. You know, we want to see them play bump and run press coverage, but because of the wealth of personnel they have in the front seven now, it wouldn't bother me as much to see their corners playing off because I believe their front seven can cause enough havoc to force a quarterback to throw the ball sooner than he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Now, their quarterbacks on their schedule, like an Aaron Rodgers, you can put whatever you want out there. You're not going to fool an Aaron Rodgers. He's going to figure right. it out real quick. You know, it's just going to have to be, you're going to have to just be better than them to beat Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, and, and everybody has those problems. With exactly. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, you look at the quarterbacks on their schedule. There's a plethora of quarterbacks. They can frustrate all game long because they're not that those upper-tier quarterbacks. Um, 
So you have you, you whether you want to play press coverage or whether you want to play off 18 yards off the ball, you have enough in your front seven now, enough interchangeable parts to where you can make it very uncomfortable for quarterbacks every time they step back to pass the football. Yeah, if that so, works. Right. Kudos to you. Yeah, I agree. So let, let's remind people who they're they're facing again, Gunner. All right. So All right. Jared Goff opening week. You know, no great shakes. Okay, we're not talking about a future Hall of Famer. Cousins is skilled as much as people want to hate on him, but he can light it up. He can. So that's that's not an easy one. Okay. Um, I don't. Frankly, I don't know what you're going to get out of Wentz in Week Three. I don't know. Uh, you know, either. is he going to be up for this game against the Eagles? You would think so. Uh, has he learned his lesson? I don't know. Uh, is he capable of that second gear anymore? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of question marks there. Right, right. Then you face a, a second-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, who I think is going to be good, but he's still only – he, at that point, will be 20 games into his career, 21 yeah, yeah, games. Yep. And then you go out and you face Kyler Murray, the guy who just got paid today, who, look, I think is a bit overrated personally. Um, and then you get Dak, which won't be easy. Then Pittsburgh. I don't know what that's going to look like. It's Trubisky or yeah. Pickett. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, then it's Davis Mills, who was okay last year for a terrible team, but it, you know we're not talking about a Hall of Famer there either. Then it's Washington again, and here's where it gets tricky. I mean, you're facing Matt Ryan, who you know the guy's had a, a pretty amazing career, mm-hmm. but you played him last year, okay? Um, you, you get Aaron Rodgers after that. We know what that's traditionally looked like. Tannehill here, who I I don't it, is okay. Um, then it's Daniel Jones. Then it's Justin Fields, then it's Dak again, then it's Jameis, and then it's Daniel Jones again. So you're not facing juggernauts here, man. Like you, you should for the most part be able to handle your business. Right, no question about it. Um, everything's tailor made for this team to have a great deal of success, man. The schedule, yeah. the personnel um, on both sides of the football. You know, the only thing that can mess this thing up is is injuries. I mean, that's, that's the only way I see this thing being messed up. I expect them to be neck and neck with Dallas. Um, I believe they can split with Dallas this year. I think they'll split with Washington, and they t- should take two from the Giants, although the Giants beat them once last year. A bad Giants team in going in a bad direction beat them last year. Well, I believe it was, what, 13-7? Something yeah, it was like an that. ugly game. Yep. You know, um, So y- you should be right there. And then you look at the other teams on your schedule, they're going to have problems with Green Bay. They're going to have problems with, with the Colts. They're going to have problems what, with uh, New Orleans. Is New Orleans on their schedule? Uh, yes, yes. Yes. So they're going to have problems with those teams. But, you know, they smoked New Orleans. You know, they ran all over New York, New Orleans. Um, but, but in fairness, it's Jameis, not it, you know, Trevor Simeon or whatever. It, yeah. Exactly. You're right. And that was another thing. They played a number of – look at how many quarterbacks they played oh. last year. That were like second, third string quarterbacks that were playing last. Danucci and you know yeah. some of these other guys. Like, who are these people, man? The thing with Jared Goff, and this was the thing that really frustrated the Rams with Jared. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Jared Goff. Jared Goff would play one game like he was a pro bowl and play like a backup, like a third string backup the next game. So coming out of the gate, first game of the season, you don't know which Jared Goff you're going to see. Season opener. In Detroit, they're jacked up. You know, you you just don't know what you're going to see from Jared Goff. They're going to be healthy, as we've talked about. They're going to be a lot healthier than they were last year when the Eagles played them. You know, so that's going to be interesting to see which Jared Goff they get coming out of the gate. And I think that's a good test for this defense because say what you want to say about Detroit. Detroit has some good talent on that team. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, oh. running back. They got some yeah. good talent. You know? They're going to be improved. Yeah, yeah that's no true. question about it. All right, so we come back, Derek. We're going to dive in now, numbers 11 through 20. Oh! NFL power rankings. Yes, we will see. Uh, I didn't have the Eagles in my top 10, so I'll tell you where the Eagles are. I didn't either. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll both dive into that. Barrett did, but in all fairness, Barrett's off today. But So we'll get into where uh, the Eagles rank on our list, but we'll give you 11 through 20. And also – We'll, we'll dig a little bit into some close and entertaining Super Bowls, games that came down to the wire oh, yes. for the big one. And you were watching you know, the replay of last year's game last yep. night. So we'll yep. do that when we get back as well. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, Razor Technology. Here's what you need to know. IT is so critical right now. Data is everywhere in business today. But when it's locked away in silos, it can be efficiently used. And businesses don't have time to wait for insights that shape decision-making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting, and distributing it to decision-makers. Razor helps businesses transform and model their data, use it to populate real-time dashboards, and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress, as well as warning signs in need of attention. Now, some data analytics and the tools to make data insights are easily digestible, can help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth of your business. Learn more. Contact Razor Tech today at 866-797-3282. That's 866-797-3282. Or you can visit us online at razor-tech.com. That's Razor hypentech.com go for the pulse and the pools go for the ooze and the oz go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. 
Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Thursday, July 22nd. Barrett off today. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. All right, so NFL, we did our own power rankings, uh, Gunner. So we we ran through it. Uh, let's. Do you have yours from yesterday? Just just a recap. If you don't, that's fine. No big deal. Um, thought we could we could run through it real quick. Are you muted? You all right? You there? Not hearing you. All right. There you so go. so. Back. My top 10 from yesterday were Rams 1, Tampa Bay 2, Buffalo 3, Kansas City 4, Baltimore 5, Cincinnati 6, Raiders 7, Green Bay 8, Denver 9, Chargers 10. Okay. All right. I went went Bills 1, Chiefs 2, Rams 3, Bengals 4, Ravens 5, Raiders 6, Packers 7, Patriots eight, Bucks nine, Broncos ten. So wow, we're, we're kind the of Bucks way down there. Wow, I know, man. I have, you know, I, wow. I think they're going to take a step back, but I know that's a little bit low. Like you could, like I could make a case for the Bucks anywhere from like five to nine. Honestly, you could. I just you think know? Brady's on a mission. He knows this. He, this could be a swan song again. So man. I just think he's going to come. And they got talent. They got talent on top of talent. You see, they and signed think, uh, 
Kyle Rudolph at, for FYI for a little tight end depth. See, see, they just add another tight end to go with Cameron and Bray. Right. So, I mean, the man threw, didn't he lead the league in passing last year? His numbers were still insane. Yeah, his see, numbers were incredible. And I expect them to be similar this year. They're going to throw yeah. more than they run the football. He's going to have that one, two, three step. Everything's the timing. Tom Brady's whole career is about a timing offense. And that's why he has been one of the most successful quarterbacks in the history of the game and doesn't make a lot of stake, mistakes with the football. He can't run. You you and I can outrun Tom Brady probably. <laughs> and so he's not running the football, so he doesn't want to get hit. So he's getting rid of the football, and he's got weapons on both sides of, you know, of the ball that can, that, that can really just turn it on afterwards. Yes. He's got a good collection of running backs. He's got a good offensive line, even though they have one offensive lineman uh, it, retire. Right. Um, so Still I just is think, a real good coordinator in, in oh, left wing. Oh, my yep. goodness. Who you will know. be a coach soon. He actually – he turned down Jacksonville, didn't he? Yeah, and he and that's how Doug got it, right? So it's yep. not like he, he had the opportunity. He just like – he didn't like the situation. I don't blame him. But um, Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so I just think they have everything you need. Your head coach is a, is a great defensive mind, so the defense will get him in the ball. The offense will put points on the board. Brady will rack up his yards. I, that's why I think right after the Rams, Tampa Bay is the, the team to beat in the NFC. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let's look now. Let's jump ahead, Derek. Let's let's pick it up 11 through 20. I, I'll go first here. I, I have the Eagles at 11. Okay. Uh, that's where okay, they fall you have Eagles at 11, all right. Uh, Eagles at 11. Uh, I have the Chargers at 12. I have the 49ers at 13. I have the Cowboys at 14. Uh, then I have the Saints at 15. The uh, Colts at 6. At, where am I at? Seven, 16. 16. 16. Yep. Dolphins 17. Commanders 18. Vikings 19. Cardinals 20. I have the Cardinals dipping in a big way. Ooh. So, Yeah. Uh, that that's I, I don't I don't buy them, Derek. I don't buy them for a number of reasons. Like, wow, DeAndre Hopkins is also going to miss four or six games. I forget whatever it is. Six six games. That's a huge huge thing. Yeah, uh, with yep. this team, and you know, I just uh, I don't buy them. I really don't buy them late in the season uh, in big spots. I don't believe in in Cliff Kingsbury. So that yeah, I do. But I have the Eagles at eleven. And I debated them a little bit higher, but I think it's a pretty fair, at least before we see what they are, to have them at 11. How about you? Okay. Well, I put San Francisco at 11. I put Indy at 12. Dallas at 13. Eagles at 14. Saints at 15. New England at 16. Mm. Minnesota 17. Arizona 18. Carolina 19. Washington 20. Wow. You, you had the Patriots pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, um, I what what's your reason? Like I I think second year with Jones, uh, Belichick. I just I can't have him that low, man. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Wait, now where did you have New England? I had them at I had them in my top ten. Uh, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Going through my pages and pages of notes here. <laughs> yeah, you're as bad as I am. I have for like four tablets of notes of different notes. I had them. I actually had them as high as eight. I had them at eight, Gunner. Yeah, you had them at eight. Yeah, I had them that high. Wow. Well, you know the other the other issue, the other challenge for them for New England specifically is that division's tough. Yeah, it is. you know. Yeah. No I, I mean, Buffalo's. I think I had them as number one. I, would you have three or whatever? But I mean, we, we both think they're really good. I had Buffalo at uh, number three. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
you know, Miami's going to be a, I think, a borderline playoff team, even though I don't love Tua. You, you're saying if Bridgewater takes over, that'll that'll change that. But it's still, nonetheless, they're not a pushover. Um, and and then the Patriots. And the Jets are not going to be a doormat. I, I don't think they're going to be good, but I don't, I don't think they're just going to lay down like they have in years past. You know, I don't, you know, I'm looking at my list. I don't even have Miami in my top 20. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I didn't even think about that until right they now. They were, what did they have? Were they nine and eight last year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they weren't bad. No, they weren't. I picked San Francisco at 11 based on that rugged defense and if Garoppolo is a quarterback. I don't believe they're, they're ready to turn over to Trey Lance. I don't care what the scuttlebutt is right now. Um, I put Indian 12 because I think Matt Ryan, even though they don't have great wide receivers, is a stabilizing force for that offense, more so than Carson Wentz was. And I think Indy will win 11 games and get in the playoffs because of that. Dallas, I put just ahead of the Eagles just because of the quarterback situation with Dak Prescott versus Jalen, based only on the fact that Dak has more game experience than Jalen does. Um, I have New Orleans at, at, at 15 because they have everything that you want to be successful, but which which Jamison Winston will show up? You That's know? the thing. That, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, New England, I love Matt Jones. I'm always in awe of, of the Patriots' way of doing things. I think Matt Jones is going to have a tremendous amount of success. I mean, we just talked about the other day about he set the record for rookie quarterbacks with consecutive completions. Right. So obviously, he's getting acclimated to that system the way Patriots like to do things. And I do New England. I do think New England is going to be a player when you start looking at playoff teams in late December. Uh, Minnesota, um, again, their defense is good. They've got weapons of running back. You got you know uh, Dalvin Cook. You've got two great wide receivers. You've got a really good tight end. You got a good you got physical offensive line. There's talent there, man. There's, There's talent. talent. Yeah. But Kirk Cousins, I'm like, you know, I, did, I to be honest, I put him 17 just because I tick off my brother. My brother asked me the same <laughs> thing. He said, "What did you put Minnesota?" So I can't wait to tell him tonight that I put Minnesota at 17 to start that argument. I like that. Get back All at right. him. Yeah. I, I can always get down with that. Yeah, I hear you. You know, 18, Kyler Murray the new improved Kyler Murray. Now he's going to want to go out and show that he's worth that money, but he's doing it without DeAndre Hopkins. Right. You know, they lost Jordan Hicks in the middle of that defense. I don't like the rest of their wideouts. Like I, I like, either. I like that Ertz is there. Their either. tight end setup is pretty decent, but I don't like their wideouts. Minus I, DeAndre. I don't either. I think they're a very competitive team. I believe they're going to win more games than they lose, but I, I'm not, I'm not sold in Arizona because of their history under Kingsbury of fading down the stretch. Carolina. Now that they have, a new quarterback. Um, Carolina has talent. Christian McCaffrey's coming back, hopefully healthy. He hasn't been healthy the last two years. If he's healthy, that changes the whole complexion of Carolina's offense. Yep. You know, in Washington, I'm still saying it. Washington is that team to watch in the NFC. You know, I don't think they're going to win the division, but don't be surprised if they knock off the two teams that are ahead of them at least once this season. Uh, the defense, their front seven is good. Mm-hmm. Um, running game's good. Now they have three good wide receivers if they can keep them healthy. And Carson Wentz is on a proven mission. He, you know, this could be his last year as being considered a starter in the National Football League. If he screws this up, he could end up being a journeyman in the NFL. And uh, But I do think Washington is one of those. When I look at teams 11 through 20, I, I, I categorize them as teams that come along with a what-if factor. But all of them, any of them, could be playoff teams. Yeah, they're. they're you know? I, I was going to use the word swing. They're like yeah, swing yeah. teams. Swing where this, team. Yep. They could easily like my teams on my list: Eagles, 
They were in the playoffs last year. Yep. Chargers were – we remember that goofy game at the, the, to close out the year. But there's a ton of talent there. 49ers, certainly. Yeah. Uh, Saints, certainly. Cowboys, certainly. Colts, certainly. Yep. But the Dolphins yep. in that category. Two of the teams you just brought up, Washington and yep. Minnesota, and then the yep. Cardinals. Every one of those teams could be in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Carolina could slip in the back door. Yeah. If their new quarterback keeps his mouth closed and plays football – Plays football well. I mean, they've got decent receivers. You know, they're a physical team. They like to play physical football. Carolina could slip into the back door as the number six or seven seed in the playoffs as well. You know, yeah. Uh, let me swing back to to the Patriots for a second. One thing that to watch out for, and I, this may turn out to be nothing. It may turn out to be a big deal. Right. Losing Josh McDaniels, he takes over as the Raiders coach. They're doing that sort of like by committee thing yeah, yeah. with Judge and Matt Patricia. That just feels weird to me, and and it, I yeah. and I'm questioning Belichick. I know, you know, whatever the goat and all that, but that seems weird to me. I don't. I, I, I question. I, I'm I'm with you. It, it seems a little weird, but when you consider the measure of success, okay, New England had the one down year, the first year after Brady, but now you start to see them coming up again. They started to do some of the same things they did before. They trade for proven players. They don't care about draft picks. They have a quarterback who was much comfortable in their system last year. He had 22 touchdowns, 13 INTs. He didn't take a whole lot of sacks. So now he's getting acclimated in that system. And I expect New England to be a team that makes, you know, ruffles a few feathers just because of Bill Belichick's coaching history in the league. Mm -hmm. And Rob, whenever they lose a coach, you know, look at how many defensive coordinators they've lost. They still play a high quality of defense. So Josh, Josh McDaniels is gone. It, It could hurt. But I don't think it's going to devastate this team. They just have a system that works for them. And as long as Belichick is a coach of that team, a Belichick coach team is a team to be reckoned with every Sunday. Yeah, I uh, look, I agreed. I mean, you never, ever discount them under any right. circumstance when, when that guy's involved. That's for sure. Um, I wonder what kind of leap Mac Jones is going to take. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out with him and, and just how much how, how much does he go from being – sort of a, a a glorified game manager. I hate using that term because people take it negatively. I don't mean it negatively. The guy was a rookie. Right, right. But I, I wonder how much that – what leap, kind of leap he takes where if he starts really coming into his own. I'm not – I don't know. I, I feel like he's got okay weapons around him, but not spectacular weapons around him for that. Well, you know, look, again, look at what he did in his rookie campaign last year. He struggled early on, but he ironed out his problems, played a much better game of football, and he led that team to a 10-7 and record. You know, um, they were right there at the door knocking on a playoff spot. They just fell one game short. Mm-hmm. They got bumped out because of the numbers game. And so him being a year older and a year wiser in the same system, obviously it's not going to be the same system under Josh McDaniels, but it's basically the same system, and he's going to have more for leeway to do some of the things he wants to do. I think they're going to win at least 10 games again. And yeah. who knows, maybe 10 games gets them in the back door of the playoffs this year. Yeah. I I, I look at the NFC and I, I'll, I'll give you my, my swing team, so to speak. My, my teams that I feel like are, are right on the cusp, right on the board. And, and frankly, I got to put the Eagles in that category. I think they are going to be a playoff team, Derek, but I would put them in right, that category. Right. right. Um, I think Washington potentially, I think Minnesota, yep. I think, uh, I think New Orleans, you know, the lock to win that division, barring injury, is Tampa. Um, And then you get to the West, man. Like, the Rams are the the leader in the clubhouse, but 
you know, the San Fran and the Cardinals, like I think San Fran's a tough playoff team, but I think the Cardinals are a swing team as well. Anybody I'm missing you, you could throw into that category? Well, Green Bay, well, you know, Green Bay. Green Bay, I'm saying they're a lock. I'm just saying teams that are kind of could go either way here. I'm almost taking out the teams. No, I think, I think you, the yeah, I, th- yeah. I think you, um, I think you hit it on the head. Um, again, New Orleans, which Jamison Winston is going to show up? Carolina, yeah. Baker Mayfield. You know, is he on a mo- is he on a mission now to prove Cleveland wrong? You know, Carolina has the personnel to to win more games than they lose, but you got to go out and do it. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota could win the a- NFC North this year. You know, every, it seems like they pop up and win the division every three or four years. That's true. So this could this could be the year that they win that win that division. They could also finish eight and nine again. You never know with that team. Yeah. So I think you hit it on the head in terms of teams that you know are, are on the cusp of doing things, but you have to. It's like show me. I'm from Missouri. A wait and see type type thing with these teams. Who is? Do you have a a dark horse? Either conference. Do you have a team that you wow. say look out? Just watch for them. This team is very very <sighs> dangerous. See, I look at it, and I don't wow. think this is a dark horse, but the Ravens were 8-9 last year. You know, the yep. Ravens are certainly bouncing yep. back. Um, They're going to bounce back. Um, Cleveland, depending yeah. on when Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, All right, let's look at that. Let's look at that for a minute. Let's just – let's. what are we thinking? It's going to be 8, and maybe they knock it down to 6, or you think it's 10, they knock it down to 8. What, what do you think? I think, you might, I think you might get half a season, considering the, the length of this – this whole fiasco, I think you okay. might get eight, a solid right, well, eight let, game. Let, let me throw this your way because I think the schedule sets up pretty good for them. All right. If, if he's yep. out early, they're at Carolina week one. Now that's going to be an interesting game because it's Mayfield. Okay. So yep. he's, you yep. know, Mayfield's going to be out of his mind hyped for that game. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yes. But that's a winnable game. Okay. Yep. Then they're home against the Jets, winnable game. Home against the Steelers, Thursday night game, winnable game. Winnable game at Atlanta. Winnable game. Yep. They get four pretty favorable ones right out of the shoot. Yeah, now it, it gets a lot harder. They got the Chargers at their place. They got New England at their place. Then they go to Baltimore. Then they have Cincinnati home. Oh, yeah. It becomes really a juggernaut after that. Like okay, if they can, so four and four. Right. So if you're sort of treading water at that point and you get Watson back, yep, they could go you on got- a run. You got nine games to play. If, well, if they're four and four, and you got nine games to play with Watson coming back, I'm telling you, you're looking at a double-digit winning team here. I'm telling you, 100%. and that's going to get them in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, um, obviously it's going to take a little while for Watson to get um, in game sync with his pass catchers and running that offense. But he's so talented; he can do so many different things with the ball in his hand. Um, they're going to win more games than they lose if he plays those last eight games and that team is at 500 when he comes back. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to run through the schedule one more time just to remind folks what the Eagles have. We talked about the quarterbacks, but let's just let's dive into the teams. At Detroit, week one, then yep. it's Monday night Vikings, then it is at Washington, Carson Wentz, then Doug Peterson comes here. So a lot of sentimental kind of ties yep. and Absolutely. You know, stuff in those couple of weeks. Go to Arizona. It's never easy going to Arizona. Um, then Dallas here, critical game. They have to start showing they can beat Dallas. That's a yep. Sunday night game. And yep. that leads into their bye, Derek. Yep. So come out of the bye week eight, Pittsburgh here. Uh, go to Houston Thursday night game. So quick turnaround there. Monday night, they actually get a, that's a long time off. 
They have 11 days off in between those two games. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's Washington here once again. Then you go to uh, Indianapolis with uh, with Frank Reich. <clears throat> then you come home for Green Bay, home for Tennessee, at Giants, at Bears, at Cowboys, three of three road games. New Orleans home, Giants home. I think there's 11 wins there. I agree, and I've said that. I've gone on record saying that. I agree, but that those 11 wins are entailed, and they can beat the Giants twice. They didn't do it last year. Yeah, and it's the NFC um, East. It's always sketchy trying it, to knock. It, it's it's yes, yeah, getting a split with Dallas. Absolutely, that remains to be seen. Splitting with Washington remains to be seen. Okay, you know. Um, so they've got some. They, man, they got some tricky games. I mean, it's a favorable schedule. And according to the percentages, they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Ain't nothing easy in the National Football no. League, man, week to week. Nothing's you know, easy. Nothing's easy. You know, because teams that were bad improve and teams that were good sometimes fall back a little bit. Yep. You just don't know what you're getting. I always say we, we truly have a good understanding of what teams are by like week six. By week six or seven, we know exactly what teams are and are not. So yeah. – um, I hope I hope the Eagles have a great measure of success leading up at least to the first half of the season. That puts them in a great situation uh, to, to 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 make that run down the stretch. But you know, there's a lot of teams that are thinking the same team, uh, same thing. You know, you, you know, we 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 agree that the AFC is more talented overall than the NFC. Yep. But we look at the NFC and we see teams like Washington, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina. Arizona, San Francisco. Those are all teams that can be playoff type teams. I, I agree know? with you. Look, so, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. Know. Here's the other thing to your initial point about uh, you don't really know till like week six. You especially don't know these days because they don't practice the way they used Heck to. No. And they don't no. play in the preseason. Game. And I'm not even, you know, debating it, but it's just a fact. You know, they, it takes a while to get every team going, and that makes it even more unpredictable. I, I think one of the great things about the NFL in general is how right. unpredictable it is. I mean, just think about it. You and I do a, a sports betting show, odds on. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why, you know, those buildings are being built all the time in Vegas, oh, yeah. in Atlantic oh, yeah. City. You know, and, and we were down at the gallery. The, 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 we opened the sports book at Ocean Casino Resort. You know what I mean? There's a reason why those things. And, 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 a, and, a, and the floor was full of people sitting there gambling. And I'm yeah. thinking, don't you people work? Well, no, but I mean, my point is, like, you don't know, man. As much no, as we think we no. know, we can predict all these games. No. There's so much unpredictability. Especially I mean, would you have picked Cincinnati as one of your top five no. Super Bowl teams last year? Absolutely. I thought they nope. would be a playoff team. I thought they'd be improved. First of all, if you remember back, we didn't even know how Burrow was going to come back. From exactly. The exactly. Like, so, and no, look, I didn't. And that team, look, offensively, that team turned out to be potent. And yeah. the defense played better as the season went along. They made some nice offseason defensive moves. They did. Uh, and look, too, at, right? look at how they stuffed the Rams in that Super Bowl game. Rams couldn't run the football against them. Yep. Yeah. And Matthew Stafford was under pressure most of the game. Well, think about the the Rams are another great example. So they go out and they make the big move to trade Goff and to bring in Stafford and, you know, whatever. But as much as Stafford had flashes and showed you things, you didn't know how he would do in a playoff no, game. No. You know, in a big spot. No. Didn't know. Yeah, Matt Chav has Derek get off my lawn gun. Why is that? Were you want to get off my lawn, right? I didn't what, even hear it. I, I don't need. I don't know where that came from. So, uh, but explain no, yourself, Max. But but I think that's the thing. It's it's just there's so many things in that league 
that are up in the air and there's teetering. A lot of it has to do with the quarterback play, by the way. We, you know, New right, Orleans right. with Jameis Winston. Right. Uh, what does Carolina get out of Baker Mayfield? Absolutely. So a lot of it is contingent upon that. You could say it here. Yeah, you know, certainly with the Eagles, with Jalen Hurts. So that's the only way to really understand, to, to sort of grasp this thing is to, to just sort of, obviously we're pontificating here. You know, but, we're, we're, a lot of it is, is hypothesis. But, but to answer your question, I would say my dark horse team in the NFC would be Carolina. Okay. Depending on what you get out of Baker Mayfield, you know, and I know a lot of people think he's scatterbrained, but Baker Mayfield does play, play well at times. So I'm going to go with Baker. I'm going to go with Carolina in the NFC and over in the AFC. My goodness, a dark, any team I pick as a dark horse team, you can be argued that they're a legitimate playoff team, but I'm going to say. My dark horse team in the AFC has to be the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. No, it's fair. The, the, the Dolphins, maybe. Well, they go out. They add Tyreek Hill to Waddle. Yeah. Um, they have some really skilled guys on the defensive side, but it's a new coach. Yep. Um, and a lot of this, again, here we go again, but a lot of this falls on Tua. And, and just how he plays. Yes, he doesn't play absolutely, well. Absolutely. All of a sudden they're in scramble mode, man. I, I just, yeah, they're, they're, they're a teetering team. They're, they're an either way kind of team for sure. I think that's uh I think that's fair. To me yeah. too, too is another Kyler Murray, you know, in a lot it of ways. Like that. And he can't yeah. stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. So yeah. Yeah. On top of all of it. All right. So we come back, Derek actors in football movies. Yeah, baby. This is going to be fun, yeah. man. There's a lot of good stuff there for sure. Yeah. A little later, we'll dive into birthdays, uh, movies released on this date, something funky that happened, a little quirky this day 32 years ago. We'll do that as well. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett's off. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Number three, yes, Sports Day. Jacob's from YouTube Network each and every day at 12 Eastern to 3 Eastern. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett's off today. All right, Gunner, so you introduced this in, in one of our pre-show meetings the other day. We were, we were going to get to it yesterday. We just had so much going on. We didn't get to it. Right. But um, uh, first of all, I'm a sucker for any sports movie, but especially football, okay, movies. Um, so you said this. I'm like, oh, we're doing this. Uh, so it was – it's actually – in football movies ones that you know stand out i kind of i don't know did you do i just put together sort of a random list of just ones that were like coming off the top of my head that i love but did you did you like rank them or how did you do no, I, didn't, I didn't rank them i just i i i put them randomly um the ones i thought of off the top of my head and then i went on to start looking and i started going oh i forgot about this one. oh i forgot about that one. That's oh, I, I forgot thing. about this. i had like 15 yep. on the list and i'm like nah, wait a minute so i just I just narrowed it down to like about six or so, but okay. out of, out of, which is which is hard to do. Yeah, you, you um, narrowed it down to six, man. I, I have, <laughs> I, I have tons, man. Yeah, but that's all right. Yeah, I just, I, you know, you, know, you want to go first? It's yeah. up to you. I'm just uh, all right. Let me, let me. I want to just let's just kind of go back and forth rather okay. than reeling. You off pick one. I pick one. Let's go back and forth. Okay. All right. And, and um, admittedly, um, th- part of this was because we just lost this guy. The other. Uh, was it last week or whatever it was two weeks okay. ago? Right. Uh, James Conn and Billy D. Williams and Brian song, man. Oh, like if you don't, if you don't watch that and get a little welled yeah. up, uh, you, yeah. you might have problems. Like it, that is one that just jerks at the heart, man. That is a great movie. If you haven't seen, I know it's old school, but go yeah. back and watch it. It that, is unbelievable. That made, that made tears well up in my eyes, man. Um, you, you look at the friendship they had, the relationship they had, and you look at how that movie ended and, and, and how, you know, Gail Sayers was there for Brian Piccolo. Um, and man, I tell you, that, t- that pulls, that pulls the emotional strings in so many different directions, yeah. but I thought both actors did a great job um, in portraying the characters in that movie. I agree. And you know, what was really cool. I, I, years ago, I watched an interview with Gail Sayers and you know, a lot of times when, when you do these movies, the, the, the real life people are like, eh, you know, they kind of took some liberties here. That really didn't happen, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He was he basically said, Look, you know, they did a really good job portraying how tight Brian and right. I were. Like right. so I yeah. that to me led a lot of legitimacy to the to the movie itself. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, I, I just think I, I'm giving you two in that one. But but James Conn and Billy D. Williams. Conn played Piccolo and, and Billy yeah. D played Sayers. They were unbelievable in it, man. Oh, no question about it. And I yeah. still and if if you see it, and you know, you don't see it on TV much anymore. No, you never yeah. see you know what's really good too. The soundtrack of that was great too. Absolutely. Oh. Look at you, man. Bring take a trip down memory lane. Look at you. Getting a little misty. Yeah, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. For me, my, now, now I did put this one at the top of my list. It rolls off my tongue every time. My, my, my all-time favorite football movie, it's a goofy comedy movie. Um, the acting, you, you got a bunch of smart Alex in the movie. You have jo, you know, John Matuzic, the former NFL player in this movie as well. But North Dallas 40 oh. is my all-time favorite football movie. Came oh. out in 1979. And the NFL wasn't happy when this movie came out because Peter Gent, who wrote the book North Dallas, the book's 40, great. The yeah, book the is awesome, great. which is yep. better. I think the book is better than the movie. Mm-hmm. But basically, for people who have never heard the movie or don't know anything about the movie, it's based on this team, uh, North North Dallas Bulls. Nick Nolte and Mac Davis uh, are the stars in this movie. Now, by the way, Mac Davis claimed to fame. He was a country music writer. And singer before he really got into acting. You know, he was well known as a singer. Right. And I think this was his more prominent role as an actor. He had some more bit roles, but he never really, you know, what he at one point in his career, he was deemed one of the next great actors on the rise. And it never yeah. panned out. But the concept of the movie is you got this smart alley quarterback named Phil Elliott, Mac David, uh, Nick Nolte, mm-hmm. who's always doing stuff to get in trouble. You know, he loved to smoke pot, loved to drink, drink, take his pills. Him and Mac Davis loved to pop the pills, uh-huh. you know, to get up for a game and stuff like that. Um, and Nick Nolte could see that they were trying to wean this 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 wide receiver to play ahead of him. And they used this wide receiver who got hurt to play ahead of him to try to mot- motivate Nick Nolte and get him on track. Right. And Nick Nolte would go to parties, man. Everywhere he go, he'd have weed or a cigarette in his mouth. And at the end of the movie, you find out the Dallas team had a private investigator following him the week leading up to the championship game against the Chicago team, which they lost on a botched hole for an extra point that would have tied the game to send it to overtime. So they bring him in the office and they reveal to him all the things he did that week. You know, he was he was sleeping with the GM's uh, fiance and they brought all this stuff up, you know. Yeah. And Nick Nolte's like, what the heck's going on? He, he walks in thinking he's going to get a new contract because the receiver who played ahead of him got blasted in that game against Chicago. He had to come off the bench, and he goes down the field and makes the, – the, the, Yeah, he makes all, all kinds of big yeah. plays. And get yeah. Him in, in, yeah. Uh-huh. So, and they blast him in the office. You know, you did this. We caught, and, the, and the investigator actually broke into his house and stole a bag of weed that was in his house and used that against him as well. Oh and the God. coach was um his last sprawling G G D sprawling I can't think of oh that guy yeah he's a he's a bad guy in a lot yes. of movies yes. Yes. yes he was the head coach you know he was like Tom Landry and he turns and he says you know what I'll be honest with you when you played you were great but you d- just didn't give enough to the team yeah and Nick Nolte said what are you talking about there's parts of my body from here to California back again the team and this was I think is a great learning it's a it, the best line of the movie which I think is a line that still pertains today. When Nick Nolte looks at the head coach and says, team, we're not the team. They're the team. We're just the jocks, the helmets, and the shoulder pads. And when we break down, they write us off as a depreciation. Yeah. And it's so true. It is. And that's still the case today. But the thing it did a great job portraying is like, like there's scenes where he's just trying to get out of bed, man. And you can, 
you can oh. hear things popping. Oh, and he's this is keep in mind, like you said, the timeline of this is the you know, like the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just getting shot up left and right. Oh, my knee sore. Okay, oh, let's stick a big needle in there. And uh, and I think that guy, correct me if I'm wrong, the guy who was up for his gig, or he might have just been a running back, I can't remember, but he African American player would not do the, the the needles and all he's like i'm right. not doing that to myself man i right. see what it's doing to you i'm yep. not doing it like, the young running back yeah yeah i'm yep. not playing i got a torn hamstring you're not putting me out there man I, i'm i'm gonna live to see another day and none of you guys are like he, he was he believed yeah. in heat therapy whirlpool ice yeah. therapy you're right yep. and nick said you know football by chemistry you know yes and yeah. then finally that, that running back sat on the table and said you know what bleep it and took the shot the dead in his, his hamstring and he got he caught a swing pass. Remember, he caught the swing pass. Yes, gets out an open field and got blasted got by killed. a cornerback coming up and mm-hmm. just blew his face up. You know, yeah. And that's how yeah. Nolte gets in the game. That's a great point. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. it's a really good movie, man. And it's it's um, you get a chance to watch it again. It's kind of old school, but check it out. It, it is really well done. All right, your so, turn. All right, so look, I'm I'm all over the place, but I'm going to give you one other old school movie. Okay. All right, everybody's all American. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's great. It's a Dennis Quaid movie where he's a running back. It's a, it's it's after uh, Billy Cannon, who was a, ru- a great running back. I think won the Heisman at LSU. Yep. He's this legend in in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, is Dennis Quaid's character? Even from the time he was a kid, he was faster than everybody else, and you know he was just legendary. That you knew of this guy when he was twelve years old. He kills it in college. He wins, I think, the national championship, or or they won the uh, the Sugar Bowl, which was a huge right, deal. Right. right. He's dating the prom queen and, the, you know, she's the head cheerleader. It's like the perfect little life or whatever. And then once he gets into the pros, he realizes, man, it's a business now. And same thing. He's kind of getting beat up. He's still good, but he's not great like he was. And he goes through some ups and downs along the way. And it's just really well done. Like Frank, uh, Frank DeFord wrote it. Frank DeFord, who wrote for Sports Illustrated for a really long time. Yeah. He was on HBO Real Sports. He wrote the uh, the, the the screenplay. It's a great movie. Dennis Quaid does a great job portraying it. John Goodman is his offensive lineman, a young John Goodman in, in the uh, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, um, it's really well done. But he all at one point he always this is what was great about him. Along the way, he always recognized like it's football, man. Let's not get nuts about this. Like I kind of understand the, the, all the all the you know the, the praise he was getting. Then as time went on, he started believing the hype a little bit himself. And then he had to sort of be reminded at the end, like, dude, you used to get it. You're not getting it anymore. It's a really good movie. I would tell everybody to watch it. But Dennis Quaid stands out to me in that one. And here's another example of players as collegiate players who walk on water or on yep. campus, but make the transition in pros and you get stuck in the mud, you know? Yes. You yes. Know, a lot, and that's still pertinent to players today, man. There are a lot of players that are gods at the college level who are mere mortals at the NFL level, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just trying to. He, who else was in that? There was a lot of there were a lot of good actors in it. Um, but he he really stood out. Dennis Quaid was great. In it. All right, your turn. Any given Sunday. Yes. Oh my goodness. Now, what shocked me about this movie is it was ripped up by the critics. I loved it. I know. I, I it, it 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 put doubt in my mind too. And then I watched it. I'm like, 
do. I, this is fun. It was just like Let fun. It wasn't deep thought, you know? First of all, it's an Oliver Stone movie. He was one of the best of the best to ever, you know, produce and direct movies. He's the best of the best. Look at the all-star cast they had. Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, Jamie Foxx, and margaret Charlton Heston, mm-hmm. LL Cool J. Yep. And I thought, and, and, and Lawrence Taylor, you know, yep. as well. You know? The cameos were pretty good for oh, the my players. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Jim Brown, you yep. know. Um, and and I thought the storyline was great, you know. Sometimes a little vulgar. Yeah. But I thought the storylines were great, man. And, you know, uh, you had the running back who was worried about this hot shot third-string quarterback coming off the bench. All of a sudden, you know, he, he can't find his way, doesn't know the plays, and he figures it out, starts calling his own plays, and all of a sudden he's loved by everybody. And then uh, the, the, with the commercial on Willie Beeman, you know, I get yeah. I keep the ladies steaming. You know, oh my goodness! But uh, I tell you, Rob, every time I watch it, the music, the music, music is perfect great. for this movie. Yeah, it's it's just it's well done, man. I don't know how else to put it. It's it's not, yeah. you know, it's not heavy duty like like uh, Brian's song. It's it's like yeah. just mind candy. You know what I mean? Right, it, right, it, it's right. It's good though. You're right. I, I thought Jamie Fox is great in it. You could tell he was a football player. Pacino was great in it. LL was good in it. Uh, you know, it, there's there's a lot. Everybody in it. It was well cast by Stone. No, no question about it. Yeah. And the music, the music for the, the scene against the playoff game against the Houston team, the right. music was perfect. Every scenario, you know. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, Rob, I still get cheer, chills on that last drive um, by that Miami team. Yeah. The video slows down. Jamie Foxx has the ball. You see this montage of old players and old stands in black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, fans in the stands. And then you wonder what's he gonna do, and he leaps over. And I'm thinking initially he's gonna get stopped short of the goal line, just like uh, when the Rams played Tennessee in the Super yes, Bowl. Yes, you know. Yes. And he scores that touchdown. Man, my body starts tingling every time I see that man at play. Yeah. And the place goes nuts. The sideline goes nuts. Players are running off the, the field. Oh man, I, I thought it was a great movie. I still, I still watch it today. And Pacino's speech is, is oh, awesome. is preceding awesome. that game. Yes. Oh my goodness. Incredible. No, I can't do it for you. Yes. Yep. Oh my goodness. That's yeah, me. you got to go back if you haven't seen it. Just go back and watch it. it it's it's really really good. Um, all right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm trying to go a little bit outside of the box with some of this stuff. I you know I'm I'm kind of jumping back and forth. I I really loved all the right moves. If you've ever seen that with Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, yes. So yep. Cruise plays a high school. He's in Pitts, in Western PA. Yep. You know, a, a mill town. You know, uh, Am- it, Ambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Ampipe. 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 Yeah. It, it, you know, real. And you, you, you can relate to this having lived in Pittsburgh. You know, he, he's just one of those kids. Dad works in the, uh, you know, in the, in the steel in the, mills. Steel the coal mills. mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. The coal mine. His older brother works there. You know, the whole. It's just a really blue collar. You're just trying to survive in the town, and. Cruz is a good defensive back. He's a safety, but the coach played and, and Craig T. Nelson nails the, yes, the, he does. the power monger coach who controls your life basically. Yep. So he yep. and Cruz start butting heads to the point where he kicks Cruz off the team and Cruz's life is over because all he wanted was to get out of that town. And his only chance yep. was a scholarship. That's and Craig right. T. Nelson not only takes some it away from, he starts telling recruiters now nah, you don't want him. He's an, he's a head case. And yep. like, yeah. So then Cruz, yeah, they, there's this, this scene where he's like, you're not God. You're a football. You're a high school football coach, man. Yep. Who are you to control our lives like this? And it, it's That's just right. really good. It was an under-the-radar Tom Cruise movie. But I think the story, like, again, Nelson and Cruz, I thought, played it really well. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, Nelson has a change of heart at the end of the movie and helps him I get the scholarship. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. You know, so I think um, what happened was, um, uh, remember Leah Thompson, who was in yes. uh, Back to the Future, plays his girlfriend. Yep. So she yep. goes to the to Craig T. Nelson's wife and is basically like, "Please, you got to talk to him." Like, then he comes around and he gets a job at a college. Craig T. Yep. Nelson does a D one. Yep. And he offers Tom Cruise a scholarship to get him out of the That's town. Right. Cruise had, had been working at the mill and he's coming up from like a, you know, a, a night shift. And he's like, he sees him standing there and he's like, the heck's this guy yeah. doing? He's like, yeah, what, yeah, what are you doing here? The, he coming to gloat? College. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was good. Awesome, really good. Awesome conclusion to that movie, man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Check that out. So, all right, you're up. You're going off the cuff. See, I'm staying, I'm staying with it. That's remember good. The We're Titans. giving a little bit of both. Yeah. Mainstream yeah. and remember all. The, yeah. re- remember the Titans. Denzel Don't. Washington in that movie. You couldn't pick a better actor to play that coach. Yep. You know, and the storyline, obviously, the racial tensions in early 1970 Virginia, when two yep. high schools had to form together as one and black and whites didn't want to play together, you know, and he had to kick a couple, he had to kick one guy off the team because he was a disruptive factor. Mm-hmm. He made them change their whole perspective on how you will address me as a coach. Yep. He had, but he butted heads with, with his, uh, his one coach, his offensive coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and they became great fans. And to the day, to this day, they're still great friends. Yep. Uh, in Virginia, um, uh, some of the some of the people that were portrayed in that movie were upset because they they felt that their roles were sensationalized uh, in that movie. You know, and th- you know, the, you remember the championship game when they won the state championship, and it was a close game, and it came to a, this you know reverse play, uh, reverse sunshine. play to win the championship. Yeah, sunshine. Well, in in actuality. Uh, that high school team blew out their opponent. It wasn't even close in the state championship game. Is that right? Okay, but it was a blowout. They blew out everybody they faced. Wow, you know, they didn't have. They had so much power, and you know, the the, the um the governing board felt it was unfair for one team to have this much power. But they, they just blew out everybody they played that season. Yeah. But Denzel, you the, when you talk about an actor like Denzel, you can talk about a hundred different roles he's played in. Alonzo in Training Days. Um, he oh, played uh, what, so uh, what, many. What was the movie? Uh, he played um, um, the dad coming out of prison trying to get his kind scholarship. Uh, and it was um, oh. the former Bucks player who played played the role also. Oh, uh, yeah, Ray Allen. Uh, Ray Allen, yeah. Shuttlesworth. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, you he, he equalizer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's such a diversified actor, man. I can watch yeah. anything Denzel's in. I'm with you. I, I, I agree with you 100. He's perfect in the role. Uh, all the kid, like all the guys who played the high school kids. I thought the, the two linebackers who initially butted heads and then they became buddies. Yeah. And unfortunately, yep. the one kid gets hurt and in a car gets accident. Paralyzed. Whatever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, those two. The best for me. I loved when when they initially went to training camp that year. I think they went up into like somewhere in Pennsylvania, like Gettysburg. Or like somewhere. Gettysburg. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, that's when it, they were all time height, just butting heads. You know, black kids, white kids, they're 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 at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. They come back, they're a team, and even in the city, sort of welcomes them back. But they're like, "Wait, you and guys are this- friends now?" Yeah, they couldn't. Yeah. The adults yeah. couldn't handle it. The kids realized this stuff's nonsense. Let's all let's all bond together. It, it, it's one of my favorite movies. Period. Not even just sports. Like that's how great uh, that movie is. How about the scene where they win a playoff game, and uh, Denzel comes out, Coach Boone comes out of his house. And all of a sudden, all the neighbors come out on their on their porches and they're applauding him. All he, they're the only black family in the neighborhood, and all the white neighbors come out and applaud him yeah. because you know they're such a football hungry town. Yeah. Um, you know, 
And again, it was like most movies say most movies portrayed on true stories sensationalized to sell a ticket, but I thought it was still a great storyline. A great movie. A hundred percent. Good one. Good choice. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you more of a, uh, uh, you know, a recognized one yep. and I'm going to give you a different name. Um, okay. I thought in invincible, I thought Greg Kinnear as Vermeil was yes. spectacular. Absolutely. There, not only does he look like him, he had his mannerisms down. Like he nailed it in that yes. movie. He was no really question. good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love, I love that movie. Yep. You know, and it, it didn't even make my top 10 list, but I still, I love that movie, mm-hmm. you know, and it, what a great storyline. It is. I mean, and yeah, some of it embellished. Yeah. But I, you know, and again, I thought, I thought Mark Wahlberg did a really good job as Vince Papali, but I just thought the Kinnear character was awesome. Okay. Kudos to him, man. So I'll throw invincible in there. Okay. Really love. Yeah. I'm going to go with one. Since you went off the rail, I'm going to go with one off the rail that I love to watch. I think it's, it's a stupid movie, but it's a funny movie. How about the replacements? I love the replacements. I love that stupid movie. Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. Yes. I mean, mean, how stupid can you be? I mean, that's nonstop. Most of the actors in that movie, you don't see them much of anything, Mm -hmm. but they were perfect for that movie, man. Yeah. I can't Uh, believe they got Hackman for that. Like he was, he was really good. I know. Oh my goodness. There's two big offensive linemen. You had the foreigner who was the, who was the kicker. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He's good. Oh my Uh, goodness. You know, I I don't see Keanu Reeves as a, as a sports actor. I I thought he was perfect for that role. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's him. a really good actor, but I don't. I don't yeah. think football and Keanu Reeves, you know, aren't aren't uh, one when, of the same. When I think of him, I think of The Matrix and John Wick. Me I too. don't think of him as a, as a sports actor, but I thought no. that role for him was perfect. Yes, I agree. I, I I'll give you one. And again, this was a, a big right. hit. I thought, and I'm not going the the lead character in it. Blindside, okay. not Sandra Bullock, not Tim McGraw. The guy who played Michael Orr, Quentin Aaron, I thought was great yeah, in that. I did too. I, I did he too. Was really, and, the actor did and, a great and, job. And not, and you know, you know, Michael Orr had a, you know, he was he had a problem with the movie. He thought he thought they they kind of embarrassed him in the movie that they didn't right. portray him properly. But I thought the actor who played it played the role well. I yeah. mean, big kid who you know he was didn't have any confidence, um, and his white family takes him in, and the mom, you know, um, Sandra Bullock. She's kind you know, of over the top, yeah. Oh, she's over the top, but she got exactly what he wanted—a big scholarship to a big school, first-round draft pick in the National Football League—and he's still close to that family, you know. You know, uh, after his football playing days were said and done. Uh, but I, but you're right. I thought he was perfect for that role, man. Yeah, yeah, he was really good, that guy. And he—I don't know. I, I, I did he? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Did he portray Biggie Smalls in 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 that biop? I don't no, know. No, no, that wasn't him. I don't think that, that wasn't was him. him. Okay, no, okay. no. But he was, yeah, that guy was really good in that, man. He, he deserves a lot of props. All right, here's one that uh, really set off the NFL a lot. How about concussions with Will Smith? Yeah. Oh, man, Shoo. that's deep. That's deep. I, I, Gunner, that movie, and if you ever get a chance to watch the PBS uh, series on it, too, yeah. man, whoa. That dude was dragged through the ringer before yeah, he got yeah, the NFL. Yeah, he had legitimate threats against them. Yes, and not only that, um, he was told if you read the backstory of Dr. Ben Omalu, if yes. you read the backstory on him, he was threatened to back down or he would be deported. Yeah. So him and his family moved to Lodi, California. From right? Pittsburgh. They were in from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh originally. Yep. And moved from Lodi, California. And he kept a pursuit up. And it took him over three years to get medical experts to be on board with him. Yep. And the NFL even take him serious to the point once this came out. 
all of a sudden NFL players in 2011 just started suing the league mm-hmm. because they were never informed about the seriousness of head head trauma playing in the National Football League. Yeah, he's a pioneer. He's a pioneer. There's no other way to put it. The, the guy, the, what he yeah. did was incredible. But that movie, I mean, I, I tell you what, it really makes you stand up and take notice when the movie opens up and it's Mike Webster. You see Mike Webster, oh. uh, the former Steelers great center, yeah. and he kills himself, yep. you know. In, in real life, Mike Webster, who was from Wisconsin, went back to the state of Wisconsin. He was basically homeless. He was living under a bridge. Literally, I'm yeah. not trying to be funny. He was living under yeah. a bridge in a, in a truck and then just, just straight up homeless. Yeah. And, he, then, he, and, and then all of a sudden, boom, took his life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing all these other prominent players committing suicides and stuff like that. Memory loss. Can't remember who they are, where they are, what they're supposed to be doing. And the NFL tried their best to fight this off for so many years. No, you're over-exaggerating this, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Dr. Omalu got medical experts on board. And then all of a sudden, they started testing a brain here, and they tested Mike Webster's brain. And all of a sudden, NFL turned – so the NFL lost a lot of money behind this. Yeah, they did. Um, but for the right reasons, because you look at now. Look at now. Look at how many players now are, are retiring at a younger age because they're done with this. And, and what do they say? I want to have my mental faculties to enjoy my kids, to be able to play with my kids, to enjoy my family life. So they get in there and hopefully make some quick money and get the heck yeah. out of there with yeah. their mental fa- hopefully with their mental faculties in place. Yeah, a lot of them when they get that second contract, which is usually the one you really cash in on, they yeah. roll yeah. after that, which gets them to yeah. right around like nine, ten years, and then they're out. And I, yeah. I don't fault them. I don't fault them one bit. Um, all right, I'll give you I'll give you one. Cuba Gooding Jr. in Jerry. Oh, Brown. I knew you were gonna do it. Oh, oh he's so good, man. He oh, show so me the money. He he is unbelievable in that movie, and, and look, Tom Cruise is great in it, and you know, everybody else. But but he stole the show, man. He stole the show in that, and he's so the Quan and all the others. He's just so funny. He's so over the yeah. top, but he is very much like diva ish, like a receiver. But I also yes. like that they didn't make him a total cartoon character in that he's a very loving husband, dad, yep. you know, whatever. He's very good with Jerry and giving him you know, like love life philosophies and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he, he's just awesome in that man. Rod, uh, Oh God, what was Tidwell. Name? Rod Tidwell. Tidwell, Rod Tidwell yeah. who played for the Cardinals. Yeah. He's just great in it, man. And he stole the movie. How about Friday night lights? Yeah. yeah. What a great story about that Odessa football team. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Billy, Bob, Billy Bob. Billy Bob. Billy Bob Gordon. Yeah. And, and Tim McGraw oh, is the, as the, as the a-hole dad, yep, he yep. is. Tim McGraw is very good in that man. He's yes, very he good is. In that. Yeah, I think. Well, did he do more acting than that? Yeah, he, well, he was in Blindside. He's he's done he's done a bunch of stuff. Tim McGraw. Okay, he's a pretty wow. good actor. He's he's not bad. He's really not bad at all. But you're right, Billy Bob is so like I love the TV show too. I don't know if you watch yep. the TV show. I love yep. the TV. Show. And the guy who played Coach Taylor, which was Billy Bob's character, is is yep. Eric. Uh, oh, I can't think of his about. name. Chan- Kyle Chandler, uh, he's phenomenal. Who the guy who plays Kyle Chan- who, who plays Coach uh, in in the movie? But he's uh, it's a great. It was a great movie. It was. It was a great movie. And that was a uh, book by uh, Buzz Bisinger. If you how do you remember Chan- all this stuff, dude? I don't know. I don't know how. Um, oh, you're oh, you're up. I might no. I'm up. I'm up. Um, okay, you're I got up. one. And uh, this one a lot of people hate, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. I don't care. Sean Astin is Rudy. Yes. I, I thought he was – and Yoho was great to rock. Rock plays his yes. sort of mentor that who was the ground the head of the grounds crew. Yep, yep. He's awesome in it, man. He really is. 
He's so that, good in it. But I mean, but, I love that movie. I do too. And then people hate on it because it's Notre Dame, but it's it's a touching movie and it's it's an inspirational movie. I thought it was teammate, really the teammates start to chant Rudy, Rudy. Yeah. All of a sudden the crowd picks it up. Coach yeah. has no choice but to play him. Oh, uh, the coach, the coach didn't want to play him. Dan Devine did not want to play him. No, no. The, 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 I think it was a special teams coach. He's like, come on, come on, like let him in the game. And he goes in and then he gets a sack at the end of the game. And everybody goes wild. Yeah, they carry him off. His family goes wild. Yeah. You know, that yeah, I love I love that one. That's a good Man. one. I'm trying to think if I had anything else. Uh, I thought James Conn was pretty good in the program as the coach, too. If I give James Conn a little bit I, of love. Uh, Omar Epps is in that movie. Omar as Epps the is running the running back. back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. that movie. You know, you got the yeah. line, you got with linebacker DN shooting up and gets busted, mm-hmm. suspended the game. Um, yeah. You know, the, the one linebacker who thought he was going to be a first round pick gets blindsided when they're playing against Iowa, tears yep. up his knee, never plays again. You yeah. know, yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was you – know, it's it's one of those solid. underrated – Yeah, solid, yeah. underrated. Didn't get yeah. a lot of national recognition, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. Now, yeah. one off the cuff, I, I didn't put on my list, but I was just thinking about – how about The Water Boy with Adam Sandler? <laughs> Sandler and uh, uh, Henry Winkler, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Water yes. Boy. That's a, I'll give Stupid you one. Movie, but funny. Same thing. It's, it's comedy, lighter side, whatever. You ever see Wildcats with Goldie Hawn as the coach? Absolutely. Wesley right. Snipes, Wesley Snipes, <laughs> Michael T. Williams, uh, who was far, oh who was Bubba Gump, uh, you know, it was Bubba in uh, Forrest Gump. He's in it too. But yeah, those that's a good. It's a yeah, again, cute little movie. You know who's in that? Woody's in it too. Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yes. Yeah, it's one of his first roles. But uh, I thought it was funny. It was. It was again. It was a cute little movie. It wasn't anything you know spectacular, but it was good. It was good. There's a lot of good football movies, man. We just reel off a lot of movies there. I don't think I missed any on my list. I think that's all I had on my list. But yeah, yeah, it was it was it was pretty fun. That was a fun exercise. All right, so let's uh, let's come back. We'll dig into a bunch of stuff. There's some Charles Barkley stuff. Uh, Miami University, University of Miami. Uh, update on Georgia. Update on some birthdays. Some good stuff. We'll get into a bunch of stuff when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News. We cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Final segment of the show. Welcome back in, everybody. My name is Eric Gunn. Barrett off today. Uh, we're hanging with you until the top of the hour. We just went through our movies. You know, the uh, I, there's, so there's two movies I – Right. One I forgot to mention off the top. A, a good one I saw in the chat, too, that's kind of under the radar. But um, Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds, the original, not the Sandler one, the original uh, of the, the Mean Machine. Yeah. I, I thought Burt Reynolds was great. In that. And you could tell he played football, and he, knew, he played at Florida State, yep. for people who didn't know. But you could tell he kind of knew knew the game a little bit. I thought that was really well done. See, I like that one, but I like the remake with Adam Sandler better because Did you I like really? I like the cast of characters. You had Nelly in there, the rapper Nelly Michael in there, Irvin. Michael Irvin. I like uh, the remake better than Chris I like Rock the original. Was in it too. Chris Rock. I like I just I don't know something about the remake, but I did like the original. The Burt Reynolds one was great, but I like the second one better. I thought Adam Sandler was, and then of course Burt Reynolds was in the remake also. That's you right. Know. Yeah, an older an older Burt. Yes. Yeah. He was. He yeah. was. So I enjoyed that one even more so than the original. All right. Let me throw one more. And again, this is more like just funny, sort of camping. You ever see Best of Times with Kurt Russell and Robin Williams? No. I never saw so, that. <laughs> it's a funny movie. So these guys are probably like pushing 40 at this point, but they're you know, like Robin Williams was a bad player back in the day, uh, but Kurt Russell was a really good quarterback. Okay. Okay. All right. And they're playing in the big game. I think it was like the championship game when they're in high school and Russell puts one, like a deep one right on the money and, and Robin Williams character drops it and he, and he can't get over it. He's still, it's 20 years later and he still hasn't recovered. Right. So he's trying to convince all of his guys to go back and play against the guys from the rival high school or whatever back in the day. And it, it's all the sort of stuff that goes along with it. You know, their marriages are, are a mess because they're obsessed with football, you know, and all this other stuff, but it's a, it's a very funny, it's a funny movie. It's not as deep as some of the stuff we were talking. It's like wild right, right, cats, right. kind of fun. You know, but, and Robin, it's classic Robin Williams in, in the, uh, in the movie. So uh, it was good. It was well done. All okay. right. So let me, uh, let, let's hit a couple things with the, uh, with the open talk. Well, number one, we talked about this a little bit. Charles Barkley is going to play in a, in a in that L, in that live uh, golf. He's going to play an event. It's like a pro am, I guess. He's going to play in it and expects an offer from them soon. So you know, expect them to to break the bank here. I would I would imagine they're going to throw. I don't know, fifty million dollars at Barkley. Something crazy is going to really? be coming. His I way. thought maybe five ten million, but fifty. I don't know. 
dude, that's when uh, you, you you just you have a pro am and you offer this kind of that, that's those are not just deep pocket pockets, those are endless pockets. When you oh, have that when, kind oh, of money. Connor, when I say that, I don't mean just to play in the pro am. I mean to be a you know one of their broadcasters too. Oh, okay, okay, that's yeah, a little yeah. different then. For their like studio show Wait or whatever they do. Charles Barkley is a golf broadcaster. Well, I don't think he's going to be your traditional color analyst. I think right. he's going to be, you know, just be Charles. You know what I mean? Like that's what he's his role is going to be be yourself and be crazy and say whatever you want. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, I hope he kind of curtails it because when he gets in those TNT broadcasts, especially um, when they're live on site, uh, you, did you did you remember when they were at, uh, during the, oh, during the NBA Finals, Golden State, Golden State, and he yelled out. Shut up, or I'm gonna blank your mother and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like, somebody's got to rein him in for, for doing that kind of see. He, you yeah, know, that's a little over the edge. I agree with you, but here's the problem, too. Like, I as of right now, um, you can only watch the live tournaments on YouTube or streaming, right. I'm pretty right. sure, on their site, which means you don't have the same FCC responsibilities. No, no. so I would guess you're gonna get, uh, Charles working blue. Charles could be a little colorful uh, with some of the stuff that he does. I would guess. I I could see that 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 tournament or that that sanctioning body getting a, a contract on like Prime or one of those networks to stream it, where people are going to have more access. Because the more and more golfers that go over there, the more and more it's going to pique people's interest to see what exactly is this thing. You know, mm-hmm. and they're going to pick it. They're going to get it. And then when more and more people start getting interested, what's going to happen? Some network's going to pick it up. When you 100%. look at some of the networks and look at some of the sports they've put on TV, some of the back channel sports that have been on TV. Now, it may have been a fad and fizzled out after a year or two, but still initially, you got to do a test pilot to see what kind of response you get, what kind of mm-hmm. metrics, what kind of numbers you get. Somebody's going to pick this up sooner or later. I, I agree with you. I, look, they're not – they're not putting this kind of money out right now that they're paying some of these guys to just stay on those platforms. They're going to expand their platforms. There's no question about that. Oh my That's goodness. Gonna... Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No you doubt. Know, when, no doubt. When you, when you have this kind of money offered people just to come play in your tournament, not winner's purse, but just to come play in your tournament and play fewer tournaments on top of that. And players are already saying we can make more money playing less events. They're not even talking about winning the events. They're talking about placing period. You know, some guys who are just middle-of-the-road golfers that are never going to be big names, they're going to win way more money just being in those tournaments more so than struggling playing three times the amount of tournaments just to try to make that money on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and and look, if you want to make noise, you get Charles Barkley. I mean, there are very few – like, think about it. Any – and David Faraday's going there, and Faraday's a colorful guy himself, but he's a golfer. Right, right, Um, right. right. There are very few guys from any sport that you could grab and drop into your product and have people watch just for them. And Barkley is exactly. a great example of it. You know what I mean? He, he will draw, he will get eyeballs guaranteed. He will help their ratings and he'll, he'll raise the exposure level. So that's why I'm saying, I think they offer him buku bucks. I, I think the way the deal is, is going to be set up from some of the stuff I've read. Nothing's official. If he does it, he'll still do his TNT stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that. It's oh not like yeah. There's no question. The other. Yeah. He's not picking one up. He's not going to leave. Walk away from basketball. Go do this strictly. Now the money's making off TNT for just sitting there having fun and being Charles Barkley. Why would you give that? I'd run that into the ground until they kick me out of the studio. 
but that's you know what derek that's the way that's the way the landscape of media has changed too it's a lot more back in the day it was exclusive to one network you're with one network and that's right, it uh, right guys cross over all the time you see it look in, in our business uh, we see it you know people are doing ncaa other tournament ncaa exactly tournament's right. a prime example yep. cbs tnt tbs they all are intertwined now they're all promoting each other now which is Yep. It's still bizarre to me, but they still promote each other. But the, yeah. the NCAA tournament was the first one that really started this. Yes. It was, and you it, know where it, you it, see it, too? Like, hockey moved over to, like, TNT, and, and they did some other stuff. And, and yeah. some of their guys, yeah. like, uh, it was Kenny Albert, I believe, does does their TNT stuff. But he also does Fox NFL. You know, like there, so there's, it's just different, man. It's just, it's not the way it used to be. So I think people have to just get out of that mindset that, hey, Charles can only do one. No, Charles can, you know, because let's face it, is it worth the stink for TNT to go to battle with them and lose them for their, for the, what is the best studio show out there? No, let them do in the off season, whatever, who cares? Make make what you can while you can, brother. Yeah, exactly. All right. Did you see that the the University of Miami is going to retire the turnover chain? You familiar with this? They get a turnover, and the player goes to the sideline. He puts this big rope, you know, chain around, around his neck with a yeah. U. Yeah. So uh, Mario Cristobal, who was their new coach, uh, basically said, "You know what? Not part of our culture anymore. Bye bye. It's out. Deal with it." You know, I don't mind a coach coming in and trying to put his signature on something, but be careful what you do and how you do it, so you don't kill. Uh, a part of certain cultures. I understand they don't want it to seem like a a thug mentality. I mean, you look at Miami for years, they've always been viewed as this thug, you know, uh, uh, this thug type program. Right. I understand that, but I also thought it was colorful for them to do that. And it's letting these young players up today just be themselves. I mean, let's face it, all these rappers, all these stars wearing these big, thick chains have been for years. Athletes wear them as well. And it's just part of a culture. And I think it's a part of a lure to get better quality athletes, I hate to say that, down in Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about just the game. What are you offering me as well? What kind of environment are you offering me as well? Am I allowed to be me? Do I have to toe the line and be this, you know, choir boy? You know, what what, what do you what, what can I do? And, yeah. you know, I, I, it's, it's minuscule in this case, but it does have an effect on how you approach players when you're recruiting players for college programs now. Yeah, it's a it's an oversized 36-inch 2.4 2.5 kilogram 10 carat gold chain that they were i thought that i actually thought it was fake it's real you know that this thing that these guys were wearing so they did away with it who paid Uh, for this i don't think it's a good question uh it started in 2017 i thought it'd been around longer than that but it's only been around like five years so uh they did away with that kirby smart staying on college football a minute there you ready for this extension yeah 10 years, $112.5 million at, at the University of Georgia. Yeah. I mean, they're, he's coming on a good timing. He's coming off a national championship. But, you know, when these it, dudes are getting paid, man. When it, it's when not just Nick Saban. What are we doing wrong, Rob? We're in the wrong industry, dude. We, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we got to find a better way to make money, man. This is, yep. this, you, know, I, you know, I'm right above food stamps right now, dude. Yeah, man. I'm with you. I'm with so, you. Man, we're, we're, man. There's a people people are throwing money around out here, yeah. left and right. Uh huh. Man, I'm gonna have to go. I might have to go to the corporate world. Find me a corporate job. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Make some real money. Here you are. 
right. I'll give, I'll give you a funny one, man. So 33 years ago, July 21st, 1989. Okay. Something really weird happened um, in music. Something very strange happened in music. Any idea? I would have never gotten this unless I, I saw it. I came across it. I'll give you a hint. Blame it on the rain. Does that help you at all? Millie Vanilli? Yes. Millie Vanilli was exposed as lip syncing. You remember that whole scandal? Dude, dude, that was unbelievable. <laughs> dude, come on, man. It turned you- out those two guys who were the – and unfortunately, one of the guys killed himself. Very sad. Yeah, but yeah. those two guys weren't actually singing any of the tracks on their album, which won Grammys, by the way. They were best new artists. Dude, that was that, – what a scam. Look, John Dickerson, 1989, Michael Jackson turned white. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right, dude. Everybody started dressing like Millie Vanilli. Everybody started had the hair like Millie Vanilli. And everybody everybody started emulating them. Then you find out it's a scam. They were at like, they were at a, they had a concert somewhere. And it wasn't like a big venue. I forget, whatever. I don't remember where they were. And and the, the record started skipping. Like the, ter- the, the the DJ, <laughs> and, and and then then it became apparent. So they recorded the album. I started reading something on this when I after I saw it. So they recorded it in. They were German, right? Those two guys. So yep, they recorded yep. it in Germany, and basically sent the the tracks along to Clive Davis and his and the you know Clive Davis, big time producer. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And the record company over here, and they're like, "Wow, this is this is great." This is awesome. Like, because they were worried it took a while or whatever. And they just went with it. They didn't vet these guys to see if they were actually doing it and just put, you know, put it out, distributed it, and, and it blew up. They killed it with the album and then they got exposed and that was it. And we were done after that. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, all right. Birthdays. We got a couple. I'll get to the biggie in a second. But uh, Cat Stevens, the singer, 74 yep. years old. Okay. DeAndre Jordan, former Sixer, 34 years old and cooked, may, might I add. 34? Yeah, he's only 34. Jeez. He's been around a long time. Don Knotts. Oh, my goodness. Okay. From uh, the Andy the, Griffith Show. Andy Griffith Show. Uh, who, and also from Three's Company. Was born in 1924. So he would be 98 years old. Remember one of his best movies was was with the ghost and Mr. Chicken? Was that it? <laughs> yeah. I watched yeah. that stupid movie. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I watched that. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Um and the and the uh, last but not least uh for uh for birthdays, sadly, born in nineteen fifty one. Yeah. Uh and he ended up taking his own life at Robin Williams. Robin mm. Williams is the biggie, man. That's the biggie. Uh you talk the range, Derek, is as good as anybody in terms of comedic to drama. And for my money, he was as good as anybody that we've seen. Nobody was better at improvising on the spot than Robin yeah. Williams. You look at all the characters that he had. You look at the success he had both as a stand-up comedian and as an uh, entertainer. I mean, I used to watch that stupid show, Mork and Mindy, religiously yeah. every week, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he had the role Popeye. When he did the movies, he was Popeye. The World According to Garp. You yeah, know. great movie. Underrated I mean, movie. Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, yep. um, you know, some just great, great movies, great awakenings, talent. yeah, with Awakening. De Niro. yeah, good morning, Vietnam. Oh, you know, how about Hook? He was in Hook, 
you know, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in, in Goodwill Hunting. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't even know he, I know he was nominated four times. I didn't know he won an Academy Award. Um, I knew, but, yeah, I knew they, like they, um, do you know the story behind Goodwill Hunting? So they were Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck wrote it and they were relatively unknown. Like they had done some really small stuff, but they were relatively unknown and okay. they're trying to, they're, they're going to every studio in Hollywood, you know, every production company trying to sell the script to them. Right. And they're like, it's, it's a good script. Oh, and you two are in it. Like they're unknowns. It was kind of like Stallone trying to get Rocky. They were like, you know, you yeah. two aren't, we, we don't get out of here basically. Um, so what they ended up doing was they somehow connected with Robin Williams people or Robin Williams. And when Robin Williams said to them, I really like this, you know, I want to be attached to this. Yeah. Then they, then the, the studio started <clears throat> to take this thing seriously. And that's how they got it made in mm. large part because of Robin Williams backing. There's a lot of other stuff that happened too, but, but, but Robin Williams played a big part in this thing. So kudos to him. Wow. And his it, speech it, it, too, to, to yeah. Damon when he's talking about him being an orphan and all that is, is phenomenal. If you ever get a chance to watch it. Um, for, for all the success he had, it was really sad when you start to read the back channels of his life and what he went through with depression and stuff like that. Um, and you're thinking about, here's a guy who wanted for nothing, was adored by not millions, but billions, known worldwide, had everything you could ask for. And still there was a void of happiness in his life to the point um, where, where he ended his life the way, the way it did. Um, yeah. And it really sad. Yeah. Um from rags to riches to, to rags again. Um, you hope somewhere along the line that what he went through is helping people uh, even today, but it's sad because I still think he would, I still think he, he was one of those generational types where he would still have success today. How, how I'm, I'm not, I don't I'm have to say he up. was like, in, he was like in his early sixties when he, when he took his, when he passed. Life. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he might've been what in his seventies, by he, now? He's, yeah, he would probably be pushing 70 probably right now. Yeah, okay. somewhere in that so, range. Yeah. And probably still would be acting and entertaining and would still be adored by millions today if, if he so chose chose to do yeah. so. He he had he came down with this um some form of Parkinson's, I think. And, and he I guess he just didn't want to either it was progressing really quickly or he didn't want to deal, you know, didn't just had enough anyway. So but yeah, yep. you're right. Yep. He was one of those guys who was just transcendent. He you saw him. If you're walking by the TV, you're yeah. like, all right, hold on. I got to, I got to check this out. I I guess guess yeah, exactly. Guy. He was a great talk show guest too. Like if he'd be on Letterman back in the day or so, he would just go nuts. He'd go on a riff of just all these different characters. And so you wow. never knew what he was going to say. Yeah. There was nothing he couldn't do, man. Yeah. He was, so he was sad. one of those kind of talents, but yeah, he, there's, he's another guy. He's got a resume of movies, man, that you could just go on and on and on. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, Goodwill hunting was certainly the, the yep. one of the headliners, but Dead Poets Society. Yes. Yeah. Which you see a lot of people, you know, put their, there. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. Um, so there, there was, he was, he was amazing. And again, if you get a chance to watch Best of Times, it's a stupid little movie, but just watch it. It's him and Kurt Russell and they, uh, they're good. You know, when I put this out there on Twitter that we were doing this with football movies um, the other day, and maybe we'll do, we'll, we'll expand it to, to other sports as well at some mm-hmm. point for one of our shows. But a couple of people started chiming in and they were giving me other ones. I, I just wanted to mention this because I brought up Kurt Russell. 
you know, Kurt Russell in Miracle as Herb Brooks, yeah. the coach of the uh, Olympic hockey team. Yeah. I mean, his speech to them before the Russia game. Yes. Is is uncanny how good it is. Riveting. Incredible. Incredible. I um I watched I remember watching that game live on TV and how proud America was because we had a bunch of kids playing uh, a pro Russian team. You know, that was when we were sent uh amateur athletes exclusively to the Olympic Olympics. Mm-hmm. And there were just certain sports that other countries would dominate because they were sending their professional athletes. Yeah. yeah. And they hadn't be I forgot what it was. They hadn't beaten Russia in um oh. in international format and who knows how long like right. 20 years or something like 10 years. And for them to rise up and pull off what they did was, was just, you know, I, I still remember that moment, you know, but you're right. Herb Brooks playing that role oh. uh, just brings it to life so well. Yeah. I mean, you know? look, you can make a case. We've seen a lot of upsets, but you can make a case. That's the biggest upset we've ever seen. Uh, you know, right I would, I would agree. I would agree a hundred percent with that. College because it was so against- unexpected. Right, it was so unexpected. College kids against grown, they were in the the Russian army, which means they were basically like professional players getting paid yes. a salary over there. And you had a bunch of like kids, and most of the kids were the team was made up from kids from the Boston area or like Wisconsin, some Minnesota because yep. that's yep. where Brooks is from. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it's one of the more unbelievable feats that we ever seen. And Al Michael, Al Michaels nails the call. Oh, he's the do you believe in miracles. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. And it's it's right on the mud. And you know how he got that that gig? He so he he wasn't like a hockey expert, but they had so few guys at the network. It was ABC at the time. They had so few guys at the network that, that were that wanted to do it or knew anything about hockey. He was almost yep. by default the guy. That's how he yeah. ended up calling yeah. the game. It was ba- like basically, do you know a little bit about hockey? He was like, yeah. All right. You got the gig. And that was before Al Michaels became Al Michaels, you know. Right. Yeah. It was, he, it was before he became iconic Al Michaels. Yes. So, but that yeah. said, that said, that 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 moment in time in his life, that set the wheels in motion for what he he is today. Agreed. Absolutely mm. agree. Yeah. It's right place, right time, man. That's life in a lot of mm. ways. All right, Gunner. That was fun, man. That was fun. We got we were gonna duck hey, out. Yeah. You notice? Have you noticed today? My house is quiet. You don't hear any saws buzzing oh that's you don't you're all any, done you don't hear any hammering it's it's like camelot here today i need i need pictures tomorrow man i'll send you a picture of the final okay. product man all Thanks. right well we'll throw it out there to the uh to the folks too we'll, we'll get a chance to see it all right a lot of fun today gunner good job man likewise uh, my brother yeah, yeah my my pleasure as always we're back at it tomorrow i want to thank xander kraus producing the program great job out of xander don't go anywhere next three hours you got the national football show with dan Cilio. Again, you and I back tomorrow. Thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody on the stream, everybody listening. We appreciate you. We are Sports Take, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. 
Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.